Hey everybody, this is Terry Runnels, former WWE superstar, and you are listening to All Steak and No Sizzle, and you damn well better listen to it every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with my best man, Devin. Yeah.
Kinshasa! Man, as my boy Clarence would say, Kinshasa! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of All Stack No Sizzle. I am your host, Devin McKenzie, here once again with a brand new episode of Podcast Go. Let's listen to the crowd for a little bit more. Hold on. Man, that's gotta be that's gotta be the best theme song in the business right now, man. As far as like new theme songs, right up there with glorious Bobby Roode, man. Wait, wait. Yow! <laughs> man, that's good right there. I don't wanna keep you all too long. Make this intro kind of short because this episode, uh, me and my boy Cal. Not the cow that was on the episode last week when we previewed WrestleMania. No, this is my boy Kyle Collison. Uh, he was down in Orlando for WrestleMania for NXT. He went to the Jim Ross show. He was there for WWE Access. So I felt like who better to have on the show to recap and uh, break down a WrestleMania card than a person that was actually there. So... Kyle joined me, this was Tuesday night, after uh, SmackDown. Uh, Kyle had just landed back in Detroit earlier that day. He actually went to Monday Night Raw as well. So we talk about his weekend. We break down all the cards. And, you know, he gives us his personal experience uh, being down there for WrestleMania. Um, He shares the ups and the downs, the, the good, the bad, the happy, and the sad. Uh, he gives his thoughts on all the different matches, and uh, we it's a very good conversation, people. So I'm going to cut this this intro a little bit short so uh, we can go ahead and jump into the conversation. But um, like I said, like I always say, I need y'all to look out for your boy. If you are listening to this on iTunes, I need you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Hopefully a five-star review, but, you know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> what to rate the show give you your honest opinion I, I really appreciate that uh you listening to this on stitcher google play soundcloud however you're listening to this show uh follow subscribe leave a comment uh share the show with other people i want you to give your opinions on how wrestlemania was for you so you can do so by hitting me up on my social media you can hit me up on twitter at devin the six three that's d-e-v-i-n-t-h-e six three you can hit me up on instagram at all steak no sizzle just one word all steak no sizzle you can hit me up on the all steak no sizzle facebook page just type in all steak no sizzle podcast in your search bar it'll pop right up um if you want to shoot me an email, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. That's asnspodcast at gmail.com. And once again, people, you never know what might pop up on this or any other future episode. Might be another giveaway sometime soon. You never know how soon or how you know far down the line I'll do that. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so, let's jump into this conversation with my boy Kyle Collison. You know, reviewing his WrestleMania weekend. And also, uh, I almost forgot to say this. This weekend is UFC 20, 
No, it's 210. I'm sorry, not 201. 210 is coming up this weekend. And Kyle, who also trains in MMA, has a close friend of his, Miles Jury, who is from the Detroit area, who's going to be fighting on that card. Um, I'm a person that's been, you know, I'm a big UFC fan, a big MMA fan, and I'm big on local art. I mean, yeah, local martial artists. And I'm hoping to get a Detroit UFC card here sometime soon, get the brand new Little Caesars Arena. So hopefully uh, Miles goes out there and uh, gets a nice knockout and, you know, make some noise so that we can build that Detroit uh, 2017 UFC car, man. Let's get that going. So we break down UFC 210. We talk about it a little bit. And we talk about the local MMA scene here in the Detroit, Michigan area. So let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with my boy, Kyle Collison. Next year, so <laughs> that's what's up. 
Well, you know what? It's funny. I, I've had a very similar experience myself. Like, you know, we're going to talk about UFC later on, but uh, one of the first, well, actually the second UFC fight I went to was that uh, John Jones versus the Glover to Sheriff fight in Baltimore. And I was trying to find people to go with me, and, um, like, nobody could make it. And my boy Dan just told me, like, Devin, you're getting to the point in your life where you're just going to have to start doing stuff by yourself, man. So, you know, I went on ahead and went and had a great time, met some great people. Uh, one of the guys that I met, he's one of my closest friends now, Randy, me and him go to fights all the time now. So, yeah, sometimes you got to go out there on your own, man, and, and especially with, like, UFC and WWE is such a, a strong fan base that, you know, you're going to run into people that you're going to get along with because you all have a, a similar uh, interest in wrestling or MMA or whatever it is, man. So, yeah, I'm glad definitely. you were able to go out there. And, what was that? I said I definitely would agree. Yeah, so I'm glad you was able to get out there on your own, man, and meet some good people, man. That's good. So what what events did you attend, you know, during the weekend? Like I said, other than WrestleMania and NXT show, what what events did you end up going to? Um, I went to WrestleMania Access. I went to Jim Ross's show. I went to Monday Night Raw on Monday. So I pretty okay. much got the whole and the only thing I missed was SmackDown, and I even contemplated on changing my flight again to go to that too. But I spent so much money at that point; it was like, dude, I got, <laughs> I got to, I got to chill out. <laughs> All right. Wait, did you go to the Hall of Fame? What? No, I didn't get out there till Saturday. Cause see, originally, I, uh, you know, I'd thrown around the idea of going to WrestleMania, and I could have had a little bit better seats for the same money that I paid for the ones I got. But what happened was right. the guy, or I mean, let's be honest, the guy's not the easiest person to work for. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to get the time off, you know, because I just became regular at the post office. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to get the time off. So I uh, I fly for free normally, but I had to make sure that I could get in and get out. Right. Risk not being back in time for work. Right. You know, I didn't know, but then, you know what, I ended up finding out that the week after WrestleMania was an open week of vacation, so I switched one of my weeks of vacation to that week, and then when I realized that my flight was going to be delayed, I was like, you know, if I'm going to be sitting here for another four hours, I said, you know, I might as well go to, I might as well go to WrestleMania, and, or not WrestleMania, to uh, Monday Night Raw, you know, and make the most of it. So, you right. know, I mean, it and that crowd at Raw, to be honest with you, man, outside of WrestleMania, dude, that's the craziest crowd I've ever been a part of. Like, I kid you <laughs> not, for five or ten minutes of Raw, all you heard was, fuck you, Roman, and get away, get out, and call him everything you can think. And this is on live TV. So it was uh, it was definitely nuts. And it was they were screaming beach ball mania everywhere. There had to be at least 20 beach balls in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll jump into the, the the Monday Night Raw after Mania after we go through the card. But let's let's talk about um let's talk about Access and the Jim Ross Show, man. Um, I, I I've never been to WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to it. I was actually like planning on going to WrestleMania this year, but things didn't work out. Uh, hopefully, I can go next year or the year after. Wait, what was that? We got to make that happen next year, man. I've already I've already been putting plans into motion since I've been down there. Now I've kind of figured out how to go about it so that it doesn't blow up your bank either. So, right. So, um, what was, what was access like, and what was like the Jim uh, Jim Ross show like, man? How, how was that for you? 
Um, access, I wish I had a little bit more time because the problem was access, they do them in like four hour blocks. So it was like from eight to noon and like JR's show, because I bought the meet and greet, uh, the doors open at 12. So, um, I didn't have as much time as I would like, but access was really cool. Cause like, uh, you go through there, um, they had the elimination chamber set up in there. Um, they wow. had been they had Finn Balor in there. I didn't feel like waiting in the lines for that, but I got pictures of me, like, walking up the steps of the Elimination Chamber because they wouldn't let me go in because they were finishing the signing. But um, I also got to do something very cool that's up on my Facebook. Um, they have this thing. They got the whole entranceway set up, and you can pick from a list of entrances, and you can walk out and do the entrance. And the other cool thing is they have all the belts that you can walk out with. So, originally, wow. me being a Flair fan, man, I wanted to pick Flair, but I was like, man, if I screw this strut up, it's going to screw the whole thing up. So, <laughs> Seth Rollins' shirt on, I went ahead and did the Seth Rollins uh, entrance. And then um, I also did, I also did, um, they have they had a ring set up, but they took the middle of the mat out and they had a foam pit. So, I went and dropped the elbow into the foam pit. So, that was cool, too. Um, they had, and they had so many signings there, man. Like, they had the VIP ones where you could meet, like, Edge was one of the people. Um, Kurt Angle was another one. Um, I want to say Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was another one. They had, they had, like, um, a bunch of VIP ones. And, uh, but they also had a bunch of them that you could just walk into. Like, they had Kane and X-Pac. Um, they had Ivory was signing. They had, uh. They had a bunch of them, and that was just when I was there Sunday. I mean, I know on Friday and Saturday, I know Bray Wyatt wasn't at the uh, Hall of Fame because he was at Access. So, I mean, dude, it was definitely cool, and I definitely know going into next year for Mania, I definitely uh, plan on trying to go to um, Access before NXT um, should everything play out the way I wanted. Um, As far as JR's show, um, it was a little bit frustrating trying to get there because the one problem I ran into a lot um, while I was in there in Florida, um, I, I Ubered a lot of the places because I thought it would be cheaper, which I'm not so sure that it was, but the problem was there was right. a big language. Um, there are a lot of the drivers they had there couldn't speak English very well, and the one I had that for that particular ride couldn't speak English at all. So the problem I had was getting picked up from there. I called for the car at about 11.30 to get over there so that I would make it in time for the um, for the meet and greet. And right. the guy drove around forever trying to find me. So that was that was a little bit frustrating. Um, and I guess this goes back into my, um, my experience as a whole. I also ended up losing my debit card while I was at Access. So I didn't oh, find that's that. Oh, that's not good. So it was quite the... Uh, you know, that's why I say the experience as a whole, I think, was good for me as a person. But uh, as right. far as the JR show, um, I had to say that was that that was really cool. Um, my heart goes out to JR. As everybody knows, he lost his wife the week before WrestleMania, and I give him all the credit for um, still fulfilling his commitments and, you know, not not letting it overcome him and eat him up. Um you know, you know what? When I when I heard when I heard about his wife, man, I was sitting there thinking like, "There's no way he's going to be doing those and shows that was, and be at WrestleMania now." 
you know, that was my first thought, too, because I actually, when I listen to their podcast, I listen to them while I'm at work, and I'm thinking, dang, dude, I just went and bought that meet-and-greet ticket, and now there's no way he's going to be there, and I can't even be pissed that he's not going to be there. So, right. you know. I mean, you can't, you couldn't blame him if he decided not to do it, man, but, man, shout-out to Jim Ross for, you know, going ahead and, and toughing through it, because I listened to the podcast he did uh, that Monday afterwards and with uh, Rick Flair on there, and uh, he was telling. He, he said it was going to be hard, but you know he, he was going to go down there and do it anyway. Exactly, his wife would want him to do it, and plus he wanted to be around his friends. You know, and so my heart goes out to Jim, man. For sure, man. Prayers to Jim Ross and his whole family. It was definitely, it was definitely cool. Um, as far as the show goes, man, it was really cool though because even though like uh, Pritchard and Cornette weren't in the meet and greet, man, you just walked right up to him. I bought a picture of him in the Midnight Express uh, and had him sign it. But I uh, I took a picture with him. I got to meet him. He was a real cool guy. Funny as hell, too, man, because you just never know what's going to come out of that guy's mouth. I mean, if you watch the <laughs> Hall of Fame, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Bruce Pritchard, yeah. he's another one real cool, uh, real cool guy. I didn't get to talk to him too much, but he's another one just like Jim Ross, man. You know, his wife's been dealing with mad health issues, and if you listen to his podcast, his house was all flooded from the weather they've been getting in Texas. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it just shows the testament as to, you know, not allowing life to get in the way of what you have going on. And the the show itself, man, it was cool because, like, the way they ran it, um, Jeremy Borash was basically, like, the MC for it. And uh, the Pope was sitting out in the crowd as, as well as Justin Roberts. Um and like they basically took it around, and you were able to ask, you know, whatever whatever questions you wanted, and then they would like run it down the panel. And then, to my surprise, they brought out Mick Foley as well. So, um, wow, it it was definitely it was definitely cool. Did Did you ask any questions? No, no, I didn't. Um, I kind of just I kind of just wanted to listen and see see what they had going. And they talked uh, with Mick. They talked a lot about. Um, Obviously, the hell in a cell and that JR was pissed. He said that, and this I didn't know, he said, you know, during the infamous call when uh, Foley got thrown off the cell, he said he had no idea that that was going to happen and he was legitimately pissed because Foley was the guy that Jim Ross brought in. So he was like, you know, they're killing my guy and I didn't even know it. And he was legitimately angry. He said, you know, when he was making that call about, oh, my God, he's broken in half, he said he was angry um, because he didn't know. And um, he had no idea that they were going to be on top of the cage or anything of the sort. And, um, you know, and as far as Cornette goes, um, they talked a lot about um, some of the the – they all went through like what's your craziest experience with a fan which Cornette said that somebody had like puked all over his leg and he goes so my question is did you just, are you able to just puke on command or did you like save it to come and throw it at me he was like that's the kind of heat that we had <laughs> so you know it was definitely a lot of things that you wouldn't have heard and um, a lot of things that you wouldn't have heard otherwise and like JR went into a lot of his roles um, as far as WWE goes and uh, one of the big things that he stressed while he was there is he said, you know, and this is something I would agree with, too. Um, you know, they were talking about 
you know, us as fans, you know, now that the Internet has become so big, we seem to find things out before they ever even have a chance to happen, which I'm thankful that we're able to find those things out. It's cool to kind of know the behind the scenes, right. but I believe it's getting to a point where now we're getting to a place where we want to know so much that you're we're bitching and complaining as though we know what's best when none of us have ever been in the wrestling business, which we all are a lot right. of having an opinion. That's what's great. But, uh, you know, to me, like he was saying, like, so many people were calling him about the thing with his wife and wanting a scoop about this and are you going to be at WrestleMania? And JR was just like, you know, you can want a scoop, but it's not my job to give you a damn scoop. And I just right. thought that very profound because, you know, that was something that I had a conversation with a lot of people there at WrestleMania about. Um, so many people were angry over the Undertaker losing. I mean, I feel like I feel like we're starting to get to a place in wrestling where people are getting away from, you know, just watching it and letting it happen. And we want to push so hard for what we want. We want to control it, yeah. Yeah, we want to control it so bad that you're failing to realize, dude, the best part of it is it's like like any good TV show. You know, you watch Breaking Bad, you watch Sun Banner, you watch whatever, Scandal, whatever when you watch, you know, you have no control over it. You're just sitting there and watching it. Wrestling is supposed to be the same way. So it's good to know, to be able to know some of those things, but at the same time, I feel like we as fans need to just step back and kind of just let it play out. So that was cool with uh, JR's show, and uh, I was I was surprised, not surprised, but I was, uh, you know, it was cool that they were all, like, nice and down-to-earth enough, you know, to come meet you and all these things because, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, I heard a lot of people talking about in the line. Now, I know that Sting is a good guy, but I met with people that had went to WrestleCon, and they were saying how Sting, it almost seemed like he was kind of just pushing people through the line. So, you know, I was glad that when you paid for a meet and greet, you actually got, like, I got to sit down at the table with them, sat and talk Michigan football with them, you know, Cornette, I got to have a little conversation with him, and you know they were all they were all guys, you know. So that was it was definitely a cool experience, and I definitely have to say, especially being a kid that grew up in the Attitude Era, and being an Austin guy, you know, it was cool to kind of hear a guy who kind of had the voice to a lot of my early wrestling memories. Okay, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's jump into what else happened Saturday night. Let's talk about the NXT show. I was well before we talk about the actual show. Like going into it, what were your expectations? I had high expectations for it because, quite frankly, I've said this for a long time. I, I feel that NXT is better than most everything they have on TV. And with some okay. of the matches that they had going into it, I just thought, okay, this is going to be sweet. I, and I'm a big Bobby Roode fan. I wanted to see what they were going to do with his entrance as long as well as Nakamura. Um, you know, and like NXT was a really cool field because that's the first show I went to. Mind you, I got into Florida at about 3.40. So by the time I got down to uh, by where my hotel was at, man, it was already close to time. Uh for, you know, to start heading down towards the arena. So, you know, like the anticipation right. is cool because it's kicking off. And uh, I have to say, man, the arena that they did that in, pulling up to that arena, man, that arena is by far one of the nicest arenas I've been in, for sure. So it was definitely high expectations. 
and uh, definitely a cool vibe going into it. And it was cool to see how some of the fans were getting into it because they had one guy that looked identical to Shinsuke Nakamura. Dude had, like, red leather pants on, had the black vest on, <laughs> had his stuff that way, and, yes, he was Asian. You know, and everybody was stopping <laughs> guy out on the street, it was cool. That's what's up. So, uh, quick question. I, uh, besides the matches that were on the main card, were there any uh, dark matches or were there any uh, NXT tapings for the next week or anything like that? Um, they did do an NXT taping. I didn't know they were going to do that. I got there right at the end of it. Elias Sampson came out um, as a uh, with the mask on. He came, yeah, he came out as some kind of luchador gimmick because everybody right. knows that he let go. Um, so they did that match. Other than that, I didn't get to see much of what was before the show because, again, I didn't know that there was anything before it. I would have gotten down there earlier. Okay. But I was kind of running by the seat of my pants because I worked from 2 in the morning to 10.30, left right from work, went home, grabbed my stuff, and went to the airport, and my flight was at noon. So, I mean, I was, I was go, go, go. So. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go through the card, man. Let me know. What, I just want to kind of get an idea of what your thoughts were of each match and uh, kind of what the vibe was in, in, the, in the arena. Uh, let's, let's talk about the, the eight-person tag team match. It was Sanity versus um, Ruby Riot. Uh, Roderick Strong, one of my personal favorites. Cassius yeah. Ono, who was actually a replacement, like and Ty Dillinger. Um, in my opinion, I like the match, but um, I like Ruby Riot's look. I think she's kind of hot with the whole tattoo look. I like it because it's different. Um, at the same time, the match itself was pretty good, my, and uh, it was cool because they brought Cassius Ono out. Um, I don't know if that's because they're grooming, you know, No Way Jose to go to the main roster or at the same time it was another good way to kind of like further cement um, further cement sanity is like getting taking out anybody that's going to help Ty Dillinger because they took out yet another person that was fighting against him. Um Right. As far as the match goes, the match was all right, but the one thing that I didn't like, um, I'm all for, you know, Ty getting beat up for a while and having to fight his way back, but I just don't agree with – he keeps losing. I feel like eventually the guy's got win. You know, like I feel right. like he keeps he keeps losing with every inter- incarnation that's going to go against Sanity. I, I just thought that maybe that they should have won that match. Um, as far as the match goes itself, um, I thought it was a good match. Okay. Well, at least um, were, were you, well, we're recording this on Tuesday after SmackDown. Were you, were you able to watch uh, SmackDown? Yep, I was. And that was another thing I was thinking. Like, although it was cool to see Ty go to the um, – it was cool to see Ty go to the main roster because I feel like he's ready for it. At the same time, I feel like – at the same time, I feel like they – they kind of left. So now, what do you do with the sanity storyline? Because you never finished it off. All you show is sanity beating him, and now ties on the main roster with no, like there was like real, really no end to that feud. So I didn't really understand that. I thought it was cool he came out there. I mean, at least they put him right. with a guy. They at least they put him with a guy like, 
Uh, Kurt Hawkins, who even though I don't really like the way they're doing his gimmick and all that stuff since he's come back, as far as in-ring, he's really good. So at least it gave Ty, in the short window that they had for a match, um, uh, room to be able to, you know, show off what he's got. And, I mean, the that guy has really gotten over in NXT, man, because whether he's in the ring or not, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, WrestleMania, they're all chanting 10 every time you've right. got the count. The count in the corner, the count on the floor, you know. So the guy, the kid, clearly gotten over. And that's the thing I don't think a lot of people realize. He was around in the back in the old ECW too, at least WWE ECW. So I mean, the okay. guy's been. Around. And you know, one one thing I I kind of had a feeling that he might come up, but I was hoping that they would keep him down NXT, maybe just for a little while and maybe give him a title shot. I would have liked to see him have a title match. I think he's been there for a long time. I I felt like he at least deserved a run at the title. Maybe not even win it. Maybe he, you know, goes to NXT Brooklyn and faces Bobby Roode and loses and then goes to the main roster. But I I just wanted to see him get a a title match. But that, that was just me, you know, being selfish. Yeah, and I I would definitely agree with that. Like I said, that was the my only thing with Ty Dillinger that I didn't like was I just felt like they never they showed how good he was, but at the same time they never really gave him a big triumph at all. Like you know, if you think about it, he right. lost about food when they did their angle. Then you had you know the whole thing with Sanity, and then he they lost again at Takeover, but yet now he lost again. You could have rebuilt it where you know Cash Zono or Chris Hero, whatever you want to call him, you know, is going to make this a better fight for them, and then they just kind of just deaded it. But, you know, I mean, sometimes we don't know what the long-term story is. They don't, you know, obviously I didn't know going into NXT that they were going to do the Superstar shakeup. so. Right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next match. Um is Andrade Cien Almas versus the quote-unquote debuting uh, Alistair Black. And just the reason I say quote-unquote is because I literally saw him a couple weeks ago in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> so uh, this is his TV debut. So Alistair Black versus Cien Almas. Uh, what was your thoughts on the match, and what, what was the crowd like for this match? Alistair Black's entrance was fucking dope. Plain and simple. <laughs> that was sick. Because you seen when you could see from where I was sitting, because I had a clear shot of the stage and everything, um, you could see when Almas was doing his thing in the ring that they were bringing this thing out. And I'm like, what the hell do they got stairs and a stand for? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they had him bring him up like Frankenstein, which was cool. And I really liked the, I really liked his entrance music. I kind of liked how he kind of did like the, the meditation sit a few times in the ring. I thought that was cool. Right. Yeah, I think he, I think he played the character that they wanted him to play really well. Um, as far as the match, the match was really good. I don't think anybody has any doubt that um, Cian Almas is a good can have good matches because he's he's proven that. Um, I mean, I don't know right. what they're going to necessarily do with his character. As far as the match goes, the match was great. Um, I thought. I mean, there's a lot of MMA um, base in. Alistair Black, which I thought was cool. Obviously, me being somebody that's fought myself and trained and all those things, I, I like that when somebody can do it and do it well and it doesn't look tacky. Um, 
So right. the match itself was a good match. I I really liked um, I really liked uh, Alistair Black's entrance. That was my thoughts on the whole thing. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's go ahead and go to the, the tag team match. It was a three three team elimination tag. Uh, the champions, the Authors of Pain versus DIY versus the Revival. What, what were your thoughts on this match, and what was the crowd reaction like? Best match of the night by far. The crowd was nuts for that match. I thought that was by far the best match. Um, I thought it was really cool how both teams kind of realized, okay, we're we might not like each other, but I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to team up to take out these dudes. And uh, you know, I thought that that was, uh, you know, I really thought that that was. I thought that was cool, like, because they had a couple spots where, like, they were about to fight, and then they realized that the Authors of Pain were there, and then they had one really cool spot where they had, like, all four of them, you know, help to powerbomb them through tables, and then, like, the Authors of Pain, you know, did well as well. Like, they had a couple spots where I'm like, damn, dude, I thought they broke this dude's neck when they did the Death Valley Driver into the... uh into the one into the corner and one into the into the barricade. I was like, dude, that shit's nuts. But that yeah, match yeah. in Festival, in my opinion, was uh, in my opinion by far the best match. The crowd was going bananas for that match. Like I gotta say, over the whole WrestleMania weekend, there was basically the two biggest pops I had for the whole weekend. And one, I'll save that for later. We'll talk when we get to the WrestleMania card, but. To me, the when uh, DIY and the revival started doing each other's finishing moves, I, I man, I popped crazy for that one. Yep, I thought that was I cool did too. I just see them doing a shatter machine and uh, whatever they, whatever DIY calls their that finisher that they do, man, that was that was absolutely nuts to me. Man. So that was one of my favorite moments. Um, well, I thought I thought but, it was kind of cool. So if you noticed, um, I thought it was cool when they had Gargano, and I want to say it was uh, Dash, um, or no, it was Dawson, when one of DIY and one of uh, um, one of DIY and one of uh, the Revival did the did the knee thing that him and Champa do to try to take them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was crazy too. I, I don't love. You, I don't know if you've gone back and watched uh, the NXT show since you've been back. Probably didn't have time, but haven't had time. Um, they, I, I, I think you probably had a better view of everything because there's a lot of times during a lot of like basically the whole night where like the camera crew like missed stuff. So when you saw when um, DIY powerbomb one of the office of pants through the table, but you didn't see what happened on the other side. But you, could, I could hear the crowd reacting, so I knew something happened, but you just couldn't see it because I felt like they were too busy. I mean, they were cutting back and forth from stuff, and I felt like they should have like more wide angles and stuff like that. So I felt like, for me personally, it kind of took away from the match a little bit. But like you said, I, I agreed. I felt like this was the best match of the night, and I don't know. It seems like anytime you get the revival and DIY and the rain again, it feels like they got to steal the show every single time. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like the old saying saying goes. I mean, the cream rises the crop. If you've got talent, I mean, I feel like that's going to end up playing out, whether that's uh, whether that's on the mic, whether that's a, you know, in-ring, whatever. I mean, that's going to 
eventually it's going to happen. I mean, look at Daniel Bryan. I mean, even look at Enzo and Cass. I mean, Enzo may not be the best wrestler, but, I mean, the guy is money on the mic. And because of it, he's gotten over. So I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, those guys may not be the biggest mic guys, but, I mean, at the end of the day, again, that goes to, like, the the new um, mindset, I guess, of the wrestling fan. Like, people are a lot more... um, a lot more, you know, concerned in good matches so more now rather than the storylines always. So, you know, those guys right. are really doing their thing. So, All right. Well, let, let's go to – honestly, this is the match I was looking forward to the most the whole weekend. Uh, the Women's Championship match, Asuka versus Ember Moon. I, I saw, like, footage of a house show – uh, match they had a few months ago, so I was really looking forward to seeing this match. Um, didn't go the way I expected it, man. So, what was your thoughts on the match, and, and once again, what was the crowd reaction like? Um, I thought that they were going to. I really thought that Ember Moon was going to go over in that one. Uh, me too. The one, the one thing that kind of bummed me out. I really wanted to see. I really wanted to see that stunner in person and was kind of pissed that they didn't do it. Um, as far yeah. as the match itself, I thought that it was, especially, that's the one thing. I mean, dude, I'm liking a lot of stuff they're doing with the women and more so with the guys than the guys in a lot of ways, man, because they, they're, they're getting more and more increasingly more technical. And they, you know, they're putting together good matches. Asuka's money and she's going to be a killer when she gets on the, on the main roster. Um, I liked Ember Moon's look. I thought she looked like Storm from the X-Men. That's what it looked like to me, especially with her contacts or whatever she had in her eyes. So um, I I, I, I thought it was good, man. And with two two good in-ring talents like that, I mean, it's hard for it not to. And the cool thing with Asuka is Asuka has that mystique of the fact that she doesn't talk very much. So she's like the silent killer. And the same with Ember Moon. Ember Moon hasn't said much either. Yeah. I, one thing I really enjoyed about the match, like you said, um, I, I'm really enjoying a lot of the stuff that the women are doing, but this match was stiff, man. They, they were laying it in, man. And I, I enjoyed that. Like, a, lot of times, a lot of times when you watch women matches, they, you can tell they're like, they're not putting their all into it, but I, I felt like these two just went out there like, let's just go beat the hell out of each other and make it look good. So I really appreciate that. I, I agree, man, because a lot of times it's like, you know, and being someone that grew up with, you know, CP and things like that, and when it comes to fighting and things like that, you know, I always had people kind of look at me different. I like seeing things like that when it comes to the women because, you know, I feel like there's this preconceived notion that, like, the women it's supposed to be um, easy or, you know, like, oh, they need to not go as hard because they're women, but, dude... They can go just as hard as the men do, and a lot of times, in my opinion, dude, I think Charlotte is probably one of the best athletes that they have in the entire company. So, I mean, I think that just goes to goes to um, what where the women are at nowadays, and I definitely liked that aspect of that match too. Right. Well, kind of kind of a sidebar, like you and me are both MMA fans, and you know, I remember back when. Before UFC brought in the women, you know, Dana White was saying that we'll never have women in the UFC, and they came Ronda Rousey and became the biggest thing, and now they have three women's division. And it seems to me like 
if you if you look at the card, I always want to see if there's going to be any women on that card. Because to me, I feel like most of the time the women end up still in the show. Because they, they go out there, they, they have more to prove. Like the guys, you know, they've been doing it for years. So I feel like the women feel like, okay, no matter what, we have to go out there and we got to put on a show. And I feel like they do it every single time. And now I feel like that's that's carrying over into the women's uh, professional wrestling. Like they're, to me, they're, they're putting on great shows and they're bringing it every single time. I agree. I agree completely. And I think especially as far as what you're saying, as far as the MMA aspect, um, I think, you know, the women just, they scrap, dude. I mean, they just, they scrap. And, you know, and that's one thing, um, having fought myself, um, I'm, I understand that you can't get a knockout every time. But I do feel exactly. that, I do feel like you should be trying to get a finish whether it's a submission, knockout, whatever it might, however it might come. In my opinion, I just have never understood the whole mindset of I'm just going to outpoint you. The way I've always seen it is, dude, if I'm in there trying to fight, I want to end this as quickly as possible so that I'm not getting caught. So I, I like that. Like I said, I like that aspect. I think the girls definitely bring that a lot of times more than the men now because, like you said, they've been around a lot longer. All right. All right, well, let's go into the main event of the NXT show. Uh, Bobby Roode versus Nakamura, which is a rematch from their, I think it was Royal Rumble, I think it was. Yeah, Royal Rumble match. So this time Bobby Roode's going in as a champion and Nakamura as a challenger. What were your thoughts and what was the crowd reaction like? Uh, the crowd was going nuts. That theme song that Bobby Roode got is money, dude, first of all. Um, uh-huh. That that theme song he's got his money. They uh you know they went nuts for the entrance. They had the two baby grand uh, pianos out there playing him out before he ever uh, before he ever came out, which was really cool. Uh, Nakamura had a pretty cool entrance as always. Um, dude, I knew that match was going to be dope going into it. I liked it. Um, I I'm a big fan of Nakamura, man, and I like Bobby Roode, too, and I'm glad to see him finally, like, upshining. In a lot of ways, dude, Bobby reminds me, it's a shame that he wasn't in WWE back then because I think he would have been, like, a perfect fit back in the day for Evolution. It kind of just reminds – he reminds me of, like, a new school version of a Ric Flair or a Triple H or, you know, whatever it might be. Um it's funny, it's funny you say that because my nickname from is Mini Triple H. <laughs> I don't know. I just I get that vibe, especially back then when they were all wearing the suits for the Evolution deal. I think that would have been. I think he would have fit in perfect to that. Right. I, I was kind of hoping that um, maybe in the, and maybe it's going to happen in the future. I feel like Triple H is building a stable. It looks like it's going to be Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens in that stable. I was hoping that, like, maybe in the future, Kevin, not Kevin, it was, uh, Bobby Roode comes up to Raw, and he kind of joins that group and, and forms, like, a new version of Evolution. But, you know, that's that's just, you know, wishful thinking, I, and, you know, I hopefully be, down the line. Let's see that. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. It's just a matter of how they want to play it out because, obviously, who knows what they're going to even do with Kevin Owens and Joe at this point because they haven't really defined the roles for Joe yet either. So, I mean, I uh, I, def- I definitely wouldn't be opposed to that either. 
But uh, what did you think about Bobby Roode going over and, and defeating Nakamura for a second time? Um, I I think that was the right move because I think everybody knew. I think everybody knew that he was gonna be he was gonna be coming to the main roster. Um, I think there was just that vibe that you knew he was gonna come. It was just a matter of whether he was gonna go to Raw. Are you gonna go to SmackDown? Where where are you gonna go? Um, so I wasn't mad at it, and I liked that. Uh, I don't know if it was SmackDown, which personally I felt like that was the best move because a lot of people might not know, but when SmackDown went live, a lot of that original uh, NXT writing team went to SmackDown. That's why SmackDown has a very different feel than Monday Night Raw. So I felt and, like uh, Nakamura going to SmackDown was the perfect fit because they worked with him before, they know how to use him. And I just feel like there's a better writing team on SmackDown. I thought it was the perfect, perfect situation for him. Agreed. And plus, and plus, they need another star. That too. That's another thing. I, I I like the idea of them doing Shinsuke and AJ if he's still around for um, Shinsuke and AJ uh, if he's still around by the time you know the superstar shakeup happens. But as far as NXT goes, man, I really thought that it was cool. Um, the way they kind of let Nakamura do like his send off on the way out. I don't know if they showed that on the show because I haven't watched it back, but they kind of did like a big send off for Nakamura where he kind of they gave him the ring and let him do his thing. So I thought that was cool too. Okay. Okay. And to put a button on uh, NXT, what do you think about the, the presentation of the new titles and what is your thoughts on how they look and, and what it was like in, in the building? You, you don't like them? I don't like them because they keep, they're getting to a point. I liked the titles when they were all different. I was literally just talking with my mom about this today because I wish I would have had one of them belts for JR and them to sign. Um, I've been thinking about buying one for a while, but I don't like how they've pretty much made it as though like the, the titles, they all look the same. I mean, if yeah. you want the world title and the women's title look the same. You know, I liked that NXT's world title was different than the world titles on the main roster, and the women's title looked different. Now they all look the same. If you look at the ones on Raw and SmackDown, I didn't like that they, you know, I don't, well, I mean, look at it. The WWE one is the same as the Raw one, except the Raw one's red. You know, the women's title, personally, I like the women's title better. I like the white title, but, I mean, all that you did different was that they're red and blue, and I hate the way they did the tag team titles. So... I, I just I'm a fan of different the title looking different, right? And then you know, two they introduced uh, the UK title. That is pretty much the same format as, as the you know world titles and women's titles. It's a, it looks a little bit different. It looks better, but it's the same you know same template. They just added some more stuff. To it. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Although I, I do like the NXT tag team titles better. The new one I like those better, but. Um, the, the NXT women's title looks like the the old X Division title from TNA now, and I really don't like the, the new uh, NXT championship. So I'm not a fan yeah. of it. I think they should have should have left a lot of what tag team titles looked like, though. Um, I couldn't see what the tag team titles looked like. I, did they come out with new ones for the tag team titles? Yeah, they, they changed all of them, all three titles. I, honestly. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's something I've been thinking about. Like, I feel like they need to add another NXT title, like a television championship or something like that. I think that would be good because that way you can build up secondary feuds on, uh, for your paper, for the NXT takeover specials and stuff like that. And you can have, like, um, 
I don't, I don't know if you ever used to watch like Smoky Mountain Wrestling back in the day. You might you might be too young to remember that. But they used to I have the television. I was too young to watch it as it happened. Yeah, they, they used to have like the television championship where like at the beginning of every show they would literally like do put like names in a hat and do a drawing and whoever you know drew that their name they challenged for the television championship that day. So it's a good way to you know keep something big for the Wednesday shows and then. Like I said, you can build up secondary views, too. So, just an idea I had. Um, my views were that, um, as far as NXT, I don't necessarily like that idea. Because as far as NXT goes, I like I like the fact that I kind of almost like the idea of there being less titles. Because at the end of the day, then you're all striving to get to that goal. I feel like sometimes when there's too many of the secondary titles, like how they've got... You know, back in the day, how they had the Intercontinental title, and you had the U.S. title, and you had the European title. It's like you're a champion, right. but what does championship really mean? So I like, kind of like the idea that the titles, I feel like, mean more. Now, on the main roster, I liked when Cena had the U.S. title, how every night they were having somebody challenge for it. I think something like that could work on the main roster. Um, as far as NXT goes, especially with the amount of time that they have, I don't know that that necessarily would fit as far as NXT goes just because of the time that they have. Um, but on the main roster, I definitely agree. I think that that would be – I really enjoyed the way that uh, – I really enjoyed the way that they did that with the U.S. title, and I'd like to see them do something similar with the Intercontinental title because the Intercontinental title, when I was growing up, was known as the Working Man's title, and they were defending it, you know, like at every pay-per-view. And now the way they have it, it just it. I feel like it's lost some of its luster in a lot of ways. Uh, that's a good transition to uh, to WrestleMania itself. Uh, well, before we before we talk about the actual card, um, what time did you get there for for WrestleMania? Um, I got there. Okay, so Jr. Show ended at like four o'clock. I got there at 5 o'clock. I'm actually kind of pissed because I missed the freaking um, Austin Aries match because they had the slowest slowest food match or food lineup ever seen in my entire life. And then only to find out that's when I figured out I lost my freaking debit card, too, so that was great. I had already went to the line, got my order, and realized, oh, shit, my card's gone. So (laughs) it was not a great start to WrestleMania for me. So, wow. but, uh, you know, I mean, I got there probably, I got there, I got there before five o'clock because it said that it started at five, but it really started at five thirty. So I, um, I got there a little bit early. Okay. So you, you got there at five and the show ended basically midnight. Is that about right? About that. Yeah. So what, what is it like being, <laughs> at WrestleMania for seven hours, man. Honestly, man, people always say, oh, my God, it's so long and blah, blah, blah. And in reality, man, for me, it was a little different because I had lost that cart, so I had that in the back of my mind a little bit. But as far as the show itself, dude, you really don't – I don't, I don't want to say you don't realize that you're there that long, but, I mean, you're so – looking forward to like the big matches like the Undertaker match. I was excited for the Triple H match, Seth Rollins match. Um, you know, I was excited for the tag team titles match. 
or not tag team, not tag team titles. The um, yeah, tag team titles. Um, so right. you, you know, you're you're kind of just it's building, and the atmosphere in there, man, is freaking electric. So I, it was just fun to be at. I didn't feel like it was too bad as far as being too long. Now, granted, when you're watching it, that is a long ass time to be watching it. Uh, if you're watching right. it at home, and, and I felt like. I felt like last year's was, I felt like that one drug on a lot because I think a lot of it was because a lot of the people that people really want to see were out injured because you didn't have Seth Rollins, you didn't have Cena, didn't have Cesaro. There's a lot of people that were hurt last year, and I just felt like the show just drug on it. Like, honestly, like, going going into this WrestleMania, I felt like, I felt like a lot of the, the, the matches didn't have, like, the best build. Um, and, and I'll be honest too. I was not looking forward to Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. I I, I was kind of poo pooing that match going into it, but um, it actually that ended up being a pretty good match. But yeah, I mean, I honestly, when we were at the bar, it it, it was electric at the bar too, and it, it didn't I feel like he drugged on this year. Oh yeah, Bailey's Bailey's was great, man. I said Bailey's was great, man. You should, well, if you were at WrestleMania, so but. Uh, yeah, it, it was a great atmosphere at the bar too. But I don't know, man. It, I don't feel like this year's drug on, but it was still a seven-hour show. I mean, that's a long time. Oh, it's I definitely would agree with what you're saying, though. I don't think it drug like last year. Like last year, it just kind of seemed like some of the matches were just like, uh, and like, yeah, you know, at least. Okay, like, perfect example, last year I felt like the Andre the Giant Memorial, Memorial Battle Royal kind of, it was just whatever. This year I thought it was kind of cool them bringing in Gronk like that because nobody kind of saw that coming. And, you know, that was cool, so that kind of added a little bit of flair to that match. But um, the one knock I had on a lot of the matches is I didn't like a lot of them. I don't want to say I didn't like a lot of them, but I didn't like some of the finishes. Other than that, most of the matches were very good. I just didn't like the way some of them were finished. Okay. Well, let's go through the card real quick. Uh, you said you didn't see Neville versus Aries. Have you gone back and watched it since you did that? Uh, well, when you watch WrestleMania, I'm going to have to go watch the pre-show because they didn't show Aries' match or the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, on the actual WrestleMania pay-per-view when you look at it on the network, it's on the pre-show. So I'll have to watch that. Yeah, the Intercontinental, Intercontinental match is on the pre-show, too, which we're going to get into that. But uh, Neville, I mean, I know that Neville won, which um, as far as that goes, I'm not mad that Neville won. I like Neville a lot better as a heel. I like the um, – I like this – I like this character a lot better for him. Um, that being said, um, I I kind of almost thought that maybe it was time for Aries to win it so that it would kind of keep that going a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, I'm not mad right. at Neville. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought uh, Aries, I thought he was. I think he probably should have won the match too. But, you know, we, they get to, you know, build this. Let's rivalry up a little bit more. I was just kind of hoping that this match would have been on the main main show, but when, when you think about it, like what match do you take off of the main show and put on the pre-show? So yeah, that, and, and you get a rip, rip, 
And you got to realize, too, the women's match was moved from the pre-show to the main show as well. So, it, I mean, it really wasn't anything that, that I can say should have been taken off of the main show to put that match on. So, But we'll, we'll move on to the next match that's on the pre-show, the, the under, uh, under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What, what was the crowd like for this one? And uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but go ahead and give your thoughts uh, on that match. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was good. Um, I think that the the Gronk thing was a good touch to it. Um, I think that it gave it a level of something that people didn't necessarily see happening. Um, right. I am happy that Mojo Raleigh won. I didn't think he was going to win. I thought that it was going to be Braun Strowman. Um, I was really shocked, and the crowd was really shocked when uh, – the crowd was really shocked when he went out and the big show went out. So I I I liked Mojo Raleigh winning. I think that he's got a lot of upside. Um I don't know if you saw his promo tonight on SmackDown. I think the guy is underrated. Yeah, I think I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit more. I just thought it was cool the way they kinda of tied the whole thing in with him and Gronk and uh yeah, it was good for what it was. Okay. You know, if, if you listen to my my WrestleMania preview show, uh, my two picks were Sami Zayn and Mojo Riley. I thought I just felt like they were they were pumping him up too much, you know, beforehand about the battle royal that I I think they're gonna give it to him. And I, I kind of had a suspicion that Gronk was gonna be involved somehow. So it, it kind of it played out pretty much how I thought it would. Um, let's, let's go ahead and jump to the next match, which was the Intercontinental match. Uh, Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, what was the crowd reaction like, and what were your thoughts on the match? Um, the the crowd. I mean, the crowd was hyped because it was the beginning of it. Um, I, as far as the match goes, as far as the match goes, I think I think it was decent for what it is. Um, I I like Dean Ambrose. I think Dean Ambrose kind of reminds me of um. Trying to think of who it was. I just was thinking about this, but I like the I like the you know he'll fight anybody, you know kind of kind of stance, and I kind of like the way they've kind of done some like I would I guess equate it to Stone Cold in a little bit about how he does like the the things that you don't see coming, like when he showed up on the standing on the forklift since he got the forklift dropped on him kind of deal. So um, I liked. I like the match for what it was. Um, I like Corbin. I think Corbin has a lot of upside. The guy's a hell of an athlete. I think he plays the role of a heel very well. Um, so, I mean, it was good for what it was. I mean, it wasn't, like, anything super special, but it wasn't a bad match at all. And and I, I, I agree, too. And it honestly, I thought the match was kind of boring, personally. And I felt like it wasn't their fault. Cause I don't know if you watch SmackDown t- tonight, they had a street fight. And I felt like, well, if they were going to do a street fight, they should have did that two nights before at WrestleMania. I felt that would have been added more to, to uh, the match because it was a personal feud. You know, the guy dropped a forklift on him. So, like, why are you just having just a normal, regular match? I felt like it should have been a stipulation in the match. And then two days later on SmackDown, they're having a street fight. So, I think if they had, and the street fight was really good, so I think if they had reversed it, had the street fight on WrestleMania, and maybe just a regular match uh, tonight as we're recording it, I felt that would have been better. But I, I don't know. I just felt like 
feel like they missed the opportunity there by not giving that match a stipulation at WrestleMania. Yeah, I uh, I I I would agree. I would agree. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's jump into the main card. The first match on on WrestleMania was honestly <laughs> a match that when when they announced it, I was not looking forward to, but in typical AJ Styles fashion, stole the show. AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. What, what were your thoughts? And what was the crowd reaction like? Honestly, I had a lot better expectations going into it. Um, I always have felt that Shane Shane is very underrated, dude. If you watch the guy's matches, he ain't had a lot of bad matches. And if they weren't the best technically matches, because he's freaking crazy, the guy <laughs> always does some crazy shit. Always. So my thoughts into it is I'm thinking, what the hell is this guy going to jump off of? Is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Jump off of, um, and a lot of people were complaining about the matchup with him and AJ Styles, saying AJ should have had something better. But look at it this way: they're putting him against Shane. So if he's going against Shane, that should tell you a lot as to what they think. That should tell you a lot as to what they think of him because they're not. Shane's never wrestled bums ever. So for him to be wrestling against Shane says a lot about what they thought of him. Um, I thought that it was kind of I, – I liked how they went back and forth with uh, the coast-to-coast. Coast. The crowd was definitely uh, definitely hyped because everybody loves AJ Styles um, and right. Shane as well. Um, I liked how Shane kind of had that just like he wanted to get back at AJ for the whole thing with the car. And I really liked um, – personally, I think the match should have ended off the triangle – with the Styles Clash. Uh, I liked, I just liked the way they set that up. I thought it was cool the way Shane caught him in the triangle, and I liked how AJ turned that into the Styles Clash. I thought it would have been more climactic for them to win right. that, him to win that way as opposed to a phenomenal forum. But as far as the match goes, I liked it. I actually bought, you know, they had, um, I don't know if you've seen any of them. I wish now that I know that it was Undertaker's last match, I would have bought one. Um, I bought, like, if you've ever seen like how uh like the roots of fight stuff, how they'll have like fight card shirts and I bought one that says the phenomenal versus the money and it's got their uh their symbols on the front and on the back it's got the uh tail of the tape with WrestleMania thirty three on the back of it. So uh, I I bought that one, so yeah, I like the match, but yeah, I like I say, those are my thoughts as far as I liked it. I think for me, like, I just feel like, I feel like AJ is probably, if not the best, he's one of the top three uh, people in the company right now as far as wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the thing about uh, uh, Shane is, like, yeah, Shane, Shane's crazy. You know Shane's going to do something amazing. But as far as, like, in the ring work, and not the best. Like I, I, I was saying it the whole time. Like, I don't think this is more. I don't think. But I, I, was, I mean, he's not bad, but it's like when you have the best guy in in the business right now. I want to see him against another top guy like that. And like I was saying, like the whole time, like I just don't want to see Shane McMahon throw punches because him throwing working punches is terrible. Like. <laughs> 
him throwing real punches actually looked pretty good because he ended up giving AJ Styles a black eye. But like his working punches is terrible, and it's, it's just like I, I was not looking forward to it. And then when you have a guy like Samoa Joe that didn't wrestle at all in WrestleMania, I'm like, well, why not do AJ versus Samoa Joe or what's the um, matter? That- I just felt like I just felt like AJ deserved a bigger spot in the match, and you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, like I said, it was a great match. It turned out to be great, but I don't know. I was just I just felt like he needed a bigger match going into it. Just you know, uh, yeah, but um, I would agree with that. But then you also got to look at it this way: yes, you could have put him with Samoa Joe, so yes, you had that option. But granted, they're on both on different shows. Um, who are you going to put him with? Think about it. You don't have really a lot of other big names that weren't taken up. Well, I mean, well, another one, John Cena. I hate John Cena, but two of them have great matches. And I just thought, well, yeah, but you've well, already seen that. Times ago. True, true. But have it thing on the WrestleMania thing. And honestly, I mean, this is jumping a little bit ahead. I know most people don't like John Cena, and a lot of people wanted to shit all over him proposing to Nikki and all that. In my opinion, I equate John Cena the same as I do Roman Reigns. Okay? John Cena Mm -hmm. sucked when he came in. He got a lot better over time. Uh, I kind of liked how they brought the real... I like when they bring the real-life aspects into the matches, and a lot of people shit all over him proposing to her, but the way I see it, man, good for him. You know what? In in reality, okay, let's look at this. Forget it being wrestling. If I'm a guy and I'm going to propose to the girl that I love, dude, that's a pretty dope-ass way to do it. I'm not going to lie. Right. <laughs> if, if I had the opportunity to do it that way, I would have done it. So I wasn't hating on it, and I like to see people happy. So I told the people that were sitting around me, I was like, man, everybody's wanting shit all over it. Just shut the hell up and let the guy be happy. Like you could tell, hey, didn't you, know it was going to happen. So, but you know what? It, it was. It's funny you say that because, like I said, I was at the bar watching the match, and it was some uh, some girls there, and they like they they popped when John Cena got on one knee. It's like, oh my god, say yes, say yes. I'm like, you know what? Okay, that's that's for that's for the the total Bellas and the total Divas fans. They they have their moment. Agreed. I can't get too mad at it. You know, they, they got to they gotta make everybody happy. Well, and I look at it just from a human being standpoint of it. At that point, you knew they had to bring that into it somehow because Maurice was talking trash about how they didn't have a real relationship the whole time and all these things. And, I mean, in my opinion, dude, I'm a big fan. I want to see everybody happy, man. And, and the cool part of it for me is I thought that it was cool that you can tell that Nikki didn't know it was going to happen. Right. I got to say, I, I, gotta, I said this on the preview, man. I was like, the way they built this up, if John Cena doesn't propose to her at WrestleMania, John Cena is the biggest asshole in the world. Because they <laughs> they brought so much real-life stuff into it, man. It's like, if he doesn't propose to her at WrestleMania, he is a true asshole. So, I mean, it, it was a good moment. The match was, you know, it, it, was, it was a match. It was, it was okay, you know. You can't really expect a whole lot out of a uh, mixed tag match, I don't think, especially considering Maurice hasn't wrestled in how long. You know, Nikki, Nikki, I think, is proved she can wrestle. 
But, I mean, when you've got somebody that hasn't really been in the ring, obviously she probably had been training to get ready for it. You can't really expect that it's going to be, like, I don't know. You can't expect it to be, like, match of the year. So, right. All right. Well, we we got that match out of the way. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's backtrack to the KO versus Y2J match, which I personally felt didn't get the, the shine it deserved. I thought this should have been a universal title match. Me personally. I would have liked I, I said that I would have liked that going into it, too. Yeah. I felt like this should have been the main event of, of, the, of the card. So, what but was I your thoughts? And, uh, what? We'll, um, so, so what was your thoughts I, about the match, and what was, what was the crowd reaction to it as well? It was hype, man. It was hype because I think every, I, I really liked, I liked the build up to it. I loved the build up to it because I, I am a fan of the old school build up where they build it up for a long time, and yeah. I liked, I liked that it actually had a story to it. Um, I liked that it had a story to it. Um, I, the match itself, you can't ask for two better people as far as a match. Um, I watched it back today when I was watching WrestleMania and I, I liked, I liked the elements of how they, you know, throw in, well, I was never your friend, your friend, you son of a bitch and all this other stuff. Like it's the little subtle things like that that I think are cool. Um, right. I, again, Although I think the power bomb to the apron is cool, I don't, I don't really like that in the finish. Um, I feel like I did just, I felt like a lot of the finishes were abrupt. As far as the match itself, I liked it. I thought it was cool. The crowd was definitely hyped for it. Um, but at the same time, I thought, I thought that they, you know, I thought, I just thought that the finish just kind of was abrupt. I wasn't mad at the power bomb, but I thought that they should have finished it a little different. But good match, though. You know what? Here's here's the one thing I'll say about that. I like that, but I I, I kind of agree with you at the same time. Like the power bomb to the apron, I like that, but I felt like maybe you should have brought him into the ring and did a pump up power bomb just to like punctuate it. Because I, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this uh, actually before I called you, like. I guess it's the old school in me, but I hate watching every match where people are kicking out of each other's finishers. So the fact that he actually finished them with that apron powerbomb, I was happy with. I felt like he probably should have got him back in the ring, did a pop-up powerbomb, and then finished the match. Okay. I, would, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. But I'm, but I'm, I'm so tired of people just kicking out of finishers because I felt like maybe that Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match uh, started it. But they, they were doing that because it's like they're two icons, you know, going up against each other. And, you yeah, know, it happens too often. Those, yeah, those two guys, guys can do it. But I don't want to see, you know, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. Not saying that they did, but I don't want to see them kicking out of each other's finishers. Like, like, like Roman Reigns, the, reason, the moment I turned on Roman Reigns, I was a Roman Reigns fan, but the moment I turned on is when he kicked out of the Styles class. And I'm like, no, you're not supposed to kick out of that move. But it's like when... When you kick it out of the finish, it's like, it's not a finisher anymore. Yeah, and yeah, I, I hated that. It's like, you can't just keep kicking out of people's finish. But at finish. least they added, at finish. least with Shane, they added the element of he only had the one arm. He didn't have both arms. 
True, well, they, true, but I just, I just don't like it in general. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if you shouldn't call it a finisher, man. If you're not finishing people with your finisher, it's just a signature move. Person, my, my personal opinion. But okay. I I enjoy KO Jericho. Like I said, I felt it should have been the, the main event. But you know, I would have liked I would have liked for it to be. But at the same time, I can understand the reasoning for putting the title on the Brock Goldberg thing because they were trying to make it such a big thing, and the title naturally does that. So, right. Well, let's uh let's jump to the, the next match on the card, which was the Raw Women's match. It's a four-way elimination match: Nia Jax, Bailey the Champion, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks. What was your thoughts, and uh, what was the the crowd reaction like? Charlotte's entrance was fucking dope. Okay, I caught <laughs> the picture right at the right time. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I caught it right when all the fireworks were going off with the ring in the background and all that. I thought right. it was dope. I thought it was dope how they recreated her dad's entrance in WrestleMania 24. Um, as far as the match, I thought it was put together well. Um, as far as um, it was put together well, as far as they all realized they need to get Nia Jax out of there. Um, they all realized they got to put her out. Um, and I thought that it was a good way to end it by making sure that it was Bailey and Charlotte at the end of it. Um, plus, I thought it was a good touch to have her win with the Macho Man Elbow, considering how much Charlotte had uh, touched on her being such a fangirl and all that stuff. I thought that's a, uh, a good way to end it. The only thing I didn't like is they did this throughout the whole damn card. I don't know why the champions were coming out first. Yes, that bothered me. Right? <laughs> you know, another thing I, we were talking about that I found funny um, – Sasha Banks, you know, had a cart escort her down to the ring, but like Nia Jax, <laughs> she didn't have you know, no offense, but yeah, she's like the, the biggest one in the in the match, but she had to walk the whole way while Sasha Banks, the smallest in the match, got a cart. <laughs> but that, that was just uh, something I found funny. But I, I felt like I felt like it was a great match. I enjoyed it, but I just felt like it was kind of anticlimactic. I felt like. At Fastlane, I felt that Charlotte should have won that match, kept the pay-per-view streak going, so that I felt it would have been a bigger moment for Bailey winning it. Because then she would have had the pay-per-view streak, and she would have had you no know, one the belt at WrestleMania. I agree. I think that would have been cool. Um, but at the same time, I definitely think that I can understand why they would want her to go in. Like, you know, I can also see it on the flip side, where I can see where they would think, you know, yeah, you're saying I'm not shit, but I'm going into WrestleMania as the champion, and you're trying to get my belt. So, you know, that in and of itself is a shot to Charlotte, too. So I I can see it both ways, but, yeah, I definitely see your point with that, too. All right. Um, the next match, you know, I want to hold, hold this off. I want to hold this match off because this is my personal favorite. But So we'll jump over to uh, Seth Rollins versus Triple H. First... Tell me what what those two entrances were like, man. I I, I got to hear this. Triple H's entrance was the shit because I thought I was like, what the hell is up with all the cops? Until I saw the bike. Um, Seth's entrance, I thought the fire was cool, but it made sense once they like played it. Like watching it back, it made sense once I realized 
okay, they're trying to symbolize like him burning Triple H's kingdom down, which that was cool. Um, I thought Triple H's entrance was sick. Um, I thought the bike was cool. Stephanie, dude, Stephanie's gotten so much better over time, not only with looks-wise, but, you know, playing that character of just that evil, you know, wife or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that I thought that was well. As far as the match, I don't think you could have expected a bad match. I mean, I really thought that it was a good match, um, and I liked the fact that they finished it with the pedigree. Um, I think maybe they should have, like, built up more that he has, you know, taken what Triple H taught him and has pretty much made it his own now with the pedigree. But other than that, I mean, the match was cool. I liked the gold get-up that Seth had on. I thought that was dope. Um, right. What did you think about Steph going to the table, man? Didn't see that coming. Thought that was cool, too, because I didn't think they would do that. But And, you know, Vince even brought that up on Raw the next night. So I thought right. I didn't see that coming. The only thing I felt would have made this match better is if Seth Rollins had pulled out the curb stomp and ended the match. But, you know, that, that, I know that's not going to happen. That was just wishful thinking. But other than that, I thought it was a damn good match, too. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump into <laughs> the SmackDown, well, not the SmackDown, the WWE Championship match, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. What, what was your thoughts? What was the crowd reaction like? Um, I was surprised there wasn't more on the entrances. Um, but I thought, I thought the matches, the match itself was pretty dope and I liked the, the element of when he was doing like the little demon sit up or whatever the hell you call it where they did the thing where the, the, the ring had like the, the worms and stuff in it and the whole crowd was like, what the hell? That's fucking crazy. I almost was waiting for something to come out of the ring. I thought they were going to have a Sister Abigail come out. Um, right. But but I thought the match was good. I was really torn on who I wanted to win this one, though, man, because I wanted Bray Wyatt to have a longer title run, but at the same time, it made sense for the story. He'd been building for six months how Randy felt like he couldn't beat him, couldn't beat him, couldn't beat him. Now he's beaten him. Right. Um... I don't, I feel like this match was missing something, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, I, I think it, it might be the finish. I, I, like I said, I wanted, like you said, I wanted, uh, Bray to keep the title. But, um, it, it was good, but I just felt like it was, it was missing something, but I don't know what it was missing. You know what I mean? I think they should have had Sister Abigail come out. That would have been. Yeah, I think that, 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 that might be. Especially with the that way that be. they were insinuating that that was what that was supposed to be symbolizing, I think that would have been I think that would have been the icing on the cake with it, but Okay. Well let's let's go over to the this raw side, the Universal Championship match, Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. Now I I definitely want to hear what the, the crowd reaction was on this one and what were your thoughts as well? Uh I liked it. It was better than, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be like a super long match. I was glad it wasn't a quick blow off. Um, it, it was one that felt more like a real fight because both of them, everybody knows that both of them are legitimate badasses. Um, 
and I liked the fact that they just beat the hell out of each other because you you were like it was high hitting. It was like Smash Mouth football. It was like you know you were it was real hard hitting with all the spears, jackhammer, F five, all that stuff. So for what it was and what you had to work with, I thought it was good. The crowd was definitely hyped. You know, you had some that wanted Goldberg to win. You had some that wanted Lesnar to win. You know, um, I I think the right guy won. I think Brock had to win this match because if you have him go down three to nothing, dude, I don't really understand that. It doesn't make sense. Uh, really, I had forgotten that Brock lost at 2004 at WrestleMania 20, so... I thought he should have won the last match so that it made it one one going into this one and then Lesnar went the climactic blow off so much so to speak. So but uh for what it was good match, it was hype, crowd was hype. And I've heard JR talk about it before. I mean, at the end of the day, dude, Brock Lesnar's Barnum probably one of the top two or three stars mm-hmm. they've got. Uh, one of the top two or three uh top two or three stars they have in the company. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's over. And it ain't as a heel, it ain't as a baby face. He's just a badass, plain and simple. Okay. So, I, I don't know if, I don't know if the, the crowd was keeping up with it, but we, we did get 10 uh, German suplexes with, with the crowd keeping yep. up with it. Yep, they counted them out. They counted them out. They counted them out. And the thing is, I think the crowd welled up to 10 because I heard a lot of people that were there saying that they thought that he was tired at about nine. So, yeah, I mean, it was, dude, it, everybody was counting around with it. And honestly, I was surprised that, I was surprised they did that many. Um, uh, I was surprised they, I was surprised that they let him throw Goldberg around like that. I mean, I, 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 I kind of saw it coming. I felt like, the way Goldberg was, you know, annihilating Goldberg, I mean, annihilating Brock, you know, leading up to it. I think mean, he had to take a bunch of German suplexes this time. I, I just felt like it. that's kind of what they were leading up to, you know, taking the suplex city and the, the match. I agree. And, I mean, the, and that's become his staple. And the thing is, if you don't have Goldberg take those, he suplexed John Cena 16 times, okay? If John Cena, who's undeniably their biggest star, can take 16 suplexes, you can't have Goldberg not take it. Right. All right, let's, let's move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It was a six-pack challenge. Uh, your your thoughts, and what was the crowd reaction like, especially to uh, Naomi and and um, Blow? I was surprised. It, I thought it came out better than I thought it would because I didn't like the idea there would be that many of them. Um, I didn't like okay. a six-pack challenge idea going into it. I thought the match was better than what I expected. And the crowd definitely went apeshit for Naomi's entrance and her winning with it being in Orlando. For what it was, I definitely thought it was, I thought it was good. Big fan of Alexa Bliss. I hope they do something with uh, Mickey James as well. Um, but I think they had the right person win. I think Naomi should have won. Um, so, I mean, for what it was, it was better than what I expected. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad Naomi got the belt back. She got it in her hometown. Hopefully that knee is all right and she'll have a good run. Um, now, I, I saved this match because, honestly, this was my 
probably my favorite moment of the whole night. <laughs> the Raw Tag Team Ladder Match with... How do I know that's original? <laughs> originally, it was Luke Gallows and, and Carl Anderson. They, they went in as a tag team champions against uh, Enzo and Cass and Cesaro and Shane. But then they swerved us, and then one of my favorite tag teams of all time, honestly, I felt like these guys had the best gimmick in wrestling right now. The Hardys came back. <laughs> Before we even before we even talk about the Hardys coming in, what was the what was the, the feeling like in the crowd when it was just those three teams in the ring, and then before the new day came out and announced it was going to be a four way? I mean, everybody was kind of hyped because it was a ladder match, but I mean, when the new day came out, I mean, I I honestly didn't think the Hardys were going to come out because I knew they were wrestling for Ring of Honor the night before, and I knew they were under a contract, and I had read things that that Jeff had said, you know, that they hadn't been offered contracts, and I saw that, you know, I mean, I knew they were under contract with Ring of Honor, so I thought, and I I literally told the people that were sitting below us, said, well, they're not going to be here because they, they were just wrestling at Ring of Honor. And these guys didn't even know what Ring of Honor was, and I'm trying to explain to them. I was like, "Look, they're the champs somewhere else." And uh, now, not only were they wrestling that Ring of Honor, they were wrestling in Ring of Honor the night before in a ladder match. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I I didn't think there was any way they could come out. And then when the New Day came out in their wrestling stuff, I was like, "Well, that pretty much lets you know it's going to be them." Um, uh, so I so I see it and when they so, came out, so, so, yeah. Tell, talk to me about that reaction when, when, that, when that music hit. I went ape shit. I about lost my voice screaming. The whole crowd went fucking nuts. I didn't see that coming. No way. That was bananas. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I thought the spot with Jeff doing the whole thing on the ladder. I thought that was cool. Honestly, I mean, even seeing them come in, I really didn't think they were going to win the titles, to be honest. I thought they were going to bring them in. That was just, like, the big surprise. I didn't think they were going to win. But when they won, man, I went even more extra. So I'm like, okay, shit, here we go with this. I didn't think they were going to win. I liked it. By far, biggest pop out of the whole night. And and so... I, I enjoyed it. We 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 went apeshit at the bar. I ended up uh, breaking a glass. <laughs> sorry, sorry, to the people at Bailey's. I got that. My my favorite moment of the whole night. But so now that that brings up a question. So the, the crowd was chanting Dewey. Matt Hardy had he still had the gray streak in his hair. He he did a couple of delete you know um, gestures during during the match and you know during the whole thing. So now the question is, will they get to do the whole broken Matt Hardy game? That's the question. Because they, they came up the next night on Monday Night Raw, they wrestled the match. Once again, kind of teased the leap, but they didn't really talk, and they they had they didn't say the words broken Matt Hardy. So the question is, do we get the full broken gimmick, or is it just a nostalgia act of the Hardy Boys? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've gotten the same vibe as I have, but if you've noticed from, like, Bob to uh, Bobby Roode, to uh, AJ Styles, to uh, 
Samoa Joe, you know, I think WWE is finally getting the message that you can't. When somebody's got a gimmick that's working coming into it, don't fuck with it. And I think by them allowing them to do the broken, the delete thing, I think that they will do the broken thing, but in a different incarnation. Because if you, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, with the whole legal dispute with TNA over the whole broken character, I mean, the fact that WWE even let them do it is pretty much telling you that they've come to some sort of agreement between WWE and the Hardys of allowing Matt to have control of it so that they're happy with the control they have with it. And uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where they just kind of build it slowly, you know, and, like, unwrap, like, because the Hardys haven't talked yet. So I think when they start doing their, their promos, they'll start to unveil, like, yeah, we're back, we're the Hardys, but things are different. And hopefully uh, TNA just says, hey, go ahead and do it, because they they do not want to get into a legal battle with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has way too much money, so they might as well just go ahead and just give up that fight and let, let the Hardys I just don't see thing. how... I don't see I don't see how TNA can really say it's their thing. I mean, they might have filmed some of the vignettes, but I mean, well, I don't, you got to realize that the WWE does it all the time. Like whenever, uh, let's take for example, like actually something I wanted to bring up at the NXT show, Drew McIntyre was there, but the yeah, whole yeah. time he was on the Indies, he couldn't use the words Drew. He couldn't use the name Drew McIntyre. He couldn't, you know, use like uh, his whole. Well, no, and I, and I agree. Yeah. And that's one thing that I was thinking going into it is, are they going to let him do it? Because then you don't know if they're going to allow him to, uh, you know, have control of it. But I mean, in the case of the Hardys, I mean, Matt. Matt was doing that all over the Indies and everywhere else, though. It wasn't, like, something that was strictly TNA, where, like, Drew McIntyre or, like, the stuff they come up with WWE, when you do stuff in WWE, it usually stays in WWE. So I felt like I didn't really think they had the 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 handle enough to really say that that was theirs to hold on to. And clearly they right. didn't have that in the contract before it happened because otherwise there wouldn't be. Alright. Alright, well, let's, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and wrap up this WrestleMania card with, uh, I, I call this the death of my childhood, man. It's Roman Reigns <laughs> versus The Undertaker. <laughs> um, before we get into what happened at the end, let, let's talk about the match itself. What, what were your thoughts on? on the the entrance and, and the match itself and the crowd reaction. Uh, the entrances were cool. Uh, personally, I'm not mad the Undertaker lost only because Undertaker's old school, that's, you know, that's the way he wanted to go out, and I understood what he was trying to do. Uh, the only thing, my problem with the match, I didn't think the match was as good as it could have been, uh, A, because Undertaker was getting older, and B, I think the way to have finished that match was when they tried to do a tombstone spot that got screwed up. Um, I thought that would have been a great way to finish it. Uh, as far as the crowd's reaction, I don't think anybody really, I don't think anybody really expected him to do the whole thing at the end where he like took off his coat and his hat and his gloves and left him in the, in the ring. Um, I don't think they expected that or saw that coming. 
Uh, I thought it was good the way they had, like, the smoke fill up the ramp and then he was just gone. I thought that was cool. Personally, I've said it before, I would have liked him to finish off against Kane, but I understood what they were trying to do, uh, trying to put Roman Reigns over. And, again, this goes back to what I've been saying for a while now. The fans need to get the hell off of this whole Roman Reigns bullshit. Like, what do you – it's not his fault that they're pushing him as the next guy, and as a company, what do you want him to do? Cena can't stay around forever, so someone else has to do it. And if you really think about it, and this is coming from a Stone Cold guy, they shoved the shit out of Stone Cold. The Rock, they shoved the shit out of him, and nobody was saying that. But back then, we just watched the show. This is the problem with why when we have too much information, which I love having it, don't get me wrong, shut the fuck up and watch it. Right. And we all act like we know, even you and I included speaking on the podcast, and neither one of us were working with them, but so it's really kind of hard for us to argue with a Vince McMahon who, for all intents and purposes, is the one that got wrestling to where it is today. So who the hell am I to say that I know better than he does? Yeah, I see. I, I, I'm... <sighs> I was a Roman Reigns guy. I was a Roman Reigns guy for a long time. But even I got to the point where I felt like they were shoving this guy down my throat. So I, I understand, I understand Vince's part and I also understand where, where the fans are coming from too. Cause even I feel like the guy is being shoved down my throat now. No, I, but, I would agree with, I would agree with that. And that's why I say I'm not saying that there's not a validity to why people think that he's being shoved down their throat. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like it's the first time it's happened. It's happened with some of the guys that we all have beloved and know and love. So I'm, my point to what I was saying is that back then we just watched it. We didn't ever think of it as all of us shoving this guy down our throat. We just shut up and watched it, and we're like, okay, this guy is the shit, obviously, because he keep, he keeps doing his thing. Nowadays, everyone wants to be so... Oh, I want what I want, da 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 da. And he needs to turn heel the same way everybody's been saying Cena needs to turn heel for years. I mean, let's look at it. If you were making a prototype of the next guy that you want to fill Cena's spot, big guy, good looking guy, athletic. I mean, and at the end of the day, Goldberg. I mean, this is this is jumping a little bit forward, but Goldberg said it in his promo. The next night at Raw, whether you boo me or you cheer me, at the end of the day, when you're yelling and screaming that loud, I'm doing something right because it's getting a reaction out of you. And that guy undeniably gets a reaction. So at the end of the day, who's really the dummy? He's laughing to the bank and everybody else is pissed off. True. true. I agree with that. But at the same time, I I, I, I kind of with this point. Uh, arguably one of the top, maybe like five, some people even say one of the best stars in WWE history was a guy by the name of Rocky Maivita, a.k.a. The Rock. <laughs> and when he first debuted, they shat all over that dude. Like, they were saying, die, Rocky, die. They, they rejected him. They rejected him hard. And if you look at The Rock, prototype. If you want to build a wrestler, Rock was, was that guy. 
I honestly, I would even say more so than Stone Cold was. But what they did was they turned him heel, then the fans got behind him, and then they were able to, you know, market him as a baby face because he had such a good heel run. So I, I and I, I feel like what happens is with Vince is that he sees something one way and he fights against it. He fights it to keep it going his way when he's seen before, like, okay, well, we've been down this road before. If I turn the guy heel, then eventually he'll be a great baby face. So, and I feel like now he's so caught up in these, these tweeners that he's okay with half the crowd, you know, booing saying that half the crowd cheering for him. He's, he's happy with half the crowd cheering for Roman and uh, half the crowd booing him. Even though now I'm thinking starting to turn more towards the people just booing him. I'm like, okay, if you're gonna boo the guy, give them a reason to boo. Him. Um, I would agree. With, here, I would agree with that completely. Like turn him heel, but here's the thing: you really don't have to do much to turn him heel. Just yeah, but I think if you him, really look, I think if you really look at it, I mean, coming out of this match, I don't think they really have much other option at this point. I mean, they. Yeah. I think, I think you're already kind of seeing that that's where they're going to go with it because, again, with the way he acted on Raw, he didn't even try to, like, do the baby face. Oh, well, it, it you know, whatever you want to say, like, I didn't want to have to put the Undertaker down or whatever. All he said is, this is my yard, period. And all that did, that was and, that pissed him off. That pissed him off, pissed him all off more than anything else he could have said. And I agree with you, but the only reason why I'm, I'm skeptical, I wasn't to turn him heel, and I don't think they have another choice. But you know what? I said the exact same thing last year, because if you remember after WrestleMania, it was booing the shit out of him, and he said, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm the guy. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they'll, they'll lean towards turning him heel, but they, they kept, they kept doing it. And then yeah, but the that was, like, but I feel like that one was different though, because when you know, with him facing, uh, you know, with him facing Triple H last year, okay, that's different though, because Triple H is playing the evil authority role, so you can still leave him the option of playing the babyface role. So that he had somewhere else to go. This time he really doesn't. Everybody loves the Undertaker. You killed the Undertaker. Now they already hated you. Now they really hate you. There is no back door like that there was with Triple H. I just feel like it's a different situation when you really look at it because there's really not much other option. How do you come out as a baby face out of this when all anybody sees, and especially casual fans, I've had two people today alone hit me up, and the people that don't watch it too much that are like, you know, who did, who was the other guy, you know, who did Undertaker face last year? And the guy didn't even realize that Undertaker had lost two years in a row. And he's telling me, you know, well, oh, he shouldn't have lost. And I said, dude, look, the Undertaker wanted to lose so that he could put Roman Reigns over. And when I tell people to look at it that way and I tell them that, they're like, wow, that makes sense. He goes, I would have liked to see him win, but yeah, that makes sense. That's I mean, it's tradition. The tradition, the tradition is, is that when you when you're retiring, you lose. You, you go out on your back. That's the tradition. So exactly. he went out the right way. That's how, and I think that's how Undertaker wanted to go out, though. 
So, because I've heard a lot of guys in the back. Um, even if you listen to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast that he did this past week with Roman Reigns on it, you know, yeah, um, I heard it. The the reception of him in the in the back, a lot of those guys like him. They all respect his work ethic. You know, the same way that you you know, the same way a lot of them. Okay, you brought up The Rock. That's his cousin. They they respected The Rock's work ethic. So I think. I think it's something that people just got to give it time because if you really think about it, if you really think about it, even though it seems like he's been around a long time, the guy really hasn't. I mean, shit, they just broke them all out of the shield a couple years ago, and they all are kind of just now finally getting to a place where they're establishing their own, uh, I don't know, well, establishing their own shtick. And I, I agree with you, but here here's my problem with Roman Reigns. I feel like they go out of their way to get him over as a babyface. They they keep ruining storylines. Like to I me, last year, last year the story of the year should have been Seth Rollins coming back from a knee injury and being the biggest babyface in the company. And they basically basically had to do a whole reset with this triple-A storyline to get him back over as a babyface. He should honestly be the biggest babyface in the company right now. But when Seth Rollins came back, they, you know, he got the biggest pop of, one of the biggest pops of the year when he pedigreed uh, Roman Reigns after uh, after his match. And then he comes out the next night on Monday Night Raw and cuts a heel promo. But, you know, there's no better time to get sympathy for a guy when he comes back from a devastating knee injury. They did that whole, uh, 24 special, you know, with him crying and, you know, showing up missing WrestleMania. That's your baby face right there, but they ruined him. I feel like they ruined the whole Braun Strowman build over the, over the past year, trying to get Roman Reigns over more. It's just, it just seems like they kept I don't ruining the great story. I, I don't know that they ruined Strowman. I can't agree with that one, especially after Raw, because they, him having him come out and getting Lesnar shit. I don't think they've ruined anything with Strowman. I think they're still giving Strowman more time to build, more time to grow, um, because he's not—he's not—he's uh, not completely ready. He's getting there, but I mean, uh, I don't right. think they ruined him. Uh, as far as Seth goes, I mean, Seth Rollins, bar none, in my opinion, outside of AJ Styles, I mean, you can easily make a case that either one of them is the best guy they have in the fucking company. Plain and simple. Uh, I agree. So I agree. I think I think you know you can say that they ruined it, but clearly they didn't ruin it too much because I was there. He definitely was over with the way they did all that with him and Triple H. So I, I I think I think it's one of those things again. I mean I know I keep saying it. I'm not trying to sound like I know or I'm like I I know like Vince McMahon or anything. But I think at the end of the day, man, we need to just get back to a place as wrestling fans where, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of shit they do that pisses me off, but sit back and let it build, see what happens. Now, if we get to, you know, five years down the road of him being a singles guy and we're in the same, in the same boat, yeah, sure, go ahead, say whatever you want. But like Cena, look at Cena. Cena came in, he sucked, then he did the thugonomics thing, which I thought was pretty good. Then, he started as he started as a baby face and that sucked and everybody didn't like it. But then over time, you know, which I think they're doing the same thing with Roman Reigns now, over time, man, 
the guy consistently had good matches, and you had the same thing that they're saying with Roman Reigns, where, oh, well, he's working with AJ and all this other stuff. Dude, Roman Reigns has had enough good matches at this point that you can't even say the guy can't work. You give it time and let him keep having good matches and let him have consistently... Maybe the stories aren't the best, but a lot of the stories that they're doing nowadays aren't the best because they don't build them enough. If you give it time and he continues to do like he's doing, I think eventually you're going to get to the same spot where you're at with Cena, especially once Cena's gone. Once Cena's gone... You know, with with me, it's it's not even about his work. I I think think Cena's a very good one of the best workers. He can work with anybody. And I think Roman Reigns, I think he's, he's... get to the point where he's going to be a great worker, too. He's definitely a really good worker. But with me, it's like, okay, you look at John Cena now, and you look at John Cena 10 years ago, yeah, there's there some changes, but it's pretty much the same guy. It's still hustle, loyalty, respect, you know, armbands and colorful T-shirts. So I, mean, I just feel like you need to refresh the guy, uh, and, and the best way to do that is turning them heel. Like, same thing happened with Hulk Hogan. People started booing Hulk Hogan after a while, and then he goes to WCW. They start booing him even more because he was the same Hulk Hogan they had in WWF. But then Hulk Hogan had a whole career resurgence, a whole new career as you know Hollywood Hogan. So I just and I'm seeing the same. You saw the same thing with John Cena. I just hope that they don't do the same thing with Roman Reigns, trying so hard to get him over as a babyface that they mess out on a great heel turn, and then being able to repackage him as a babyface again. You know what I mean? I would agree, but I think Roman Reigns is going to be different because I think they almost don't have a choice but to turn him heel. I think, I, and I hope, I hope, I hope you're right. I, I don't think they really have much choice. I think they know they don't have much choice. So I mean, uh, I think they know they well, don't have much. I, I think only thing we can really do is, is sit. The yeah, only thing we can really do is sit back and, and wait, like you said, let it play out. I'm. I've got to the point, like, like you're saying, like, I'm not going to, you know, cry too much about it. I'm not going to get too out of shape about it. I'm just going to let it play out, you know. I agree. Well, uh, before we, before I let you go, man, you're a big MMA guy. I want to talk a little bit of MMA with you. Probably spend like maybe 10, 15 minutes and talk about the UFC car coming up this weekend. But uh, before we jump into that, you said you're, you train here in the Detroit, Michigan, Michigan area. Um, coming up this weekend, guy that you're, you're pretty close with, Miles Jury is going to be fighting. Um, man, Mike Perry is going to be fighting sometime soon. Uh, Kevin Lee, he had a fight not too long ago. He has another fight coming up. What are your thoughts on, on the state of Michigan and in the Detroit area and MMA and, and how the scene is here in, in mixed martial arts. I am glad that you talk about that because it's finally nice to see Michigan getting out there. Um, another guy that you need to throw in that makes you throw all those names out. I also have another one of my teammates, uh, Bobby Mashy Nash. Um, he just had his first fight um, with the UFC with uh, Jing Liang. I think that's his name. I don't remember how they pronounced it. They had a fucking war. Right. Okay, the guy got fight of the night in his first fight. The guy's a Michigan State wrestler. He's going to be a killer. You've got Darren Kirkshank, another guy that I've known since I was 16 years old. He's killing it over there in Ryzen. He's fought in the UFC. He's been in uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. Him and Miles were on the same season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, 
you have Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen's another one. He's going to, I mean, he's one of the top guys, top prospects, period, at this point. Maybe he needs to, he'll be up, he'll be up next. He'll have, you know, he's got to get a, maybe a couple big, more big names. There's a lot of talk about trying to get him and Johnny Bedford to finally fight. Um, I would like to see that fight. Um, we have, I mean, I know other guys that I have that I know that are fighting. There's another big card that's going to be around here April the 29th uh, for King of the Cage and Wyandotte. Um, I have a few teammates that are fighting on that card. Uh, Adrian Harjabeach is, uh, he's from Albania. This guy's like a celebrity over there. They bring him over there for the news and everything else. Um, really, really good striker, fast guy. Um, and they come out in droves to come see that guy fight. We got another guy, Marco Smallman, um, uh, who, that guy is a physical specimen. The guy's a freaking freak. Uh, he's another one. He's 2-0. and He's going to be fighting on that card. Um, guy's a killer. Uh, you've got, you've got, uh, plus just, uh, other big names that you've got just with being King of the Cage. Um, as far as the rest of Michigan MMA, uh, I mean, there's so many guys I could name. I mean, you got Mike Hernandez. He's another good guy. Um, you've got Mike Hernandez is good. He always brings out, you know, brings out his crowd and things like that. There's a lot of guys that uh, Michigan, you know, because Michigan's not uh, a California, Michigan's not a Florida, um, that people don't uh, necessarily people don't necessarily look at, you know, look at them as the state. But in reality, here's another one: Jason Fisher, another guy I've known for years. He trained. I've known him since I was 15, 16 years old. He trained with Miles. He trained with. Darren, he trained with all those guys back when the gym I started at, as far as jiu-jitsu and things go, uh, Mass Gym was the number one gym in the state. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's the number one ranked uh, welterweight, or number one weight ranked uh, 55-er it, um, in the Midwest. Not only Mich- not only that, and Michigan, and he holds a 155 and a 170 title. He's already fought for Bellator. You know, three times fought David Caveman Rickles twice. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that people don't know their names because they may not have had the biggest fights. But I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of guys that are coming out of here that are going to be some killers. And there's a couple big fights if you're a Michigan MMA fan that you need to check out. I mean, you got the King of the Cage fight April 29th. Uh, April, I want to say it's the 28th. There's the fights at uh, Eastern Michigan. For WXC, Fisher is fighting on that card. Mike Hernandez is fighting on that card. Johnny Bedford is the champion over there, too. He's fighting on that card. Um, you've got KOP, which is another big promotion, which that's where Cody fights out of. King of the Cage, like I said, you've got my teammates that are going to be on that one. As far as the UFC goes uh, this weekend, I am definitely interested to see what happens with this Cormier-Johnson fight. Because the first time we do. I mean, Johnson knocked him on Queer Street, plain and simple. I think if it weren't for the fact, if it weren't for the fact that Cormier can wrestle and Johnson was so tired, who the hell knows what happens with that fight? But that's a fight. If you're not ready for every aspect of it, then that's your fault. Um, I think that could be a good fight, and I could see that one going either way. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Cormier because he seemed to find a way out of them all. I also I'm I'm, um, I'm I'm gonna pick Johnson I'm gonna pick Johnson in that one man I think I think 
what was that? That fight was like what two years ago? I think another two years on Cormier and him basically coming back from injury. I, I think it's I think it's gonna start catching up with him. I think Johnson actually takes this fight. Yeah, but then you also have to take into account with Johnson. It might be a little different this time because I don't know if you know the Black Zillion just broke up. I mean, who knows how his training was for this fight? Yeah, you know what? You're right. I completely forgot about that. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming, especially with the title fight, I mean, he clearly isn't a bum, and he's been in the game long enough. I mean, he's obviously going to have a full training camp, good training camp, but, I mean, who knows if that messes with him. I mean, dude, I, I mean, I fought before. I've competed in boxing. I've competed in jiu-jitsu. Um, people don't understand, man. A lot of it has to do with the mental. Like, I mean, dude, the mental part of that game is so much more to it than people can understand because you're, you're going in. It's not like a street fight. You're not going in there and you're fighting with a guy that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You're going in there and fighting with the best guys in the world, especially once you get to the UFC. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. You got, you got to, uh, you're walking in there knowing, okay, shit, I could come out of this messed up, you know? So in my opinion, I was always nervous anytime I competed. So, and I would venture to say that most guys, when they fight, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily, necessarily scared. I think everybody's nervous before you go into a fight. That's just my personal opinion. But um, so, I mean, it just it all depends on your mental. Like you know, you you know, being around guys like Miles and Bobby and Darren and uh, you know. Even uh, my coach, Don Richards, man, I mean, he's fought, you know, Dan Severin, Brandon Vera, Ben Rothwell, um, you know, one of the most highly respected black belts in the state. Um, I think if it were a different time period, you know, I definitely think he'd have been in the UFC, too. He competed against Roy Nelson as well. Um, I mean, was he, when you was see he in, uh, did he fight in IFL? Uh, who, Roy Nelson? Or my trainer, no. He no, didn't fight uh, Okay. Because you said Ben Rothwell and uh, Roy Nelson. I remember them from the IFL. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, he didn't. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, those guys, man, when you see them go into fight, like guys that are that high caliber, that high level, even these guys that I – the other guys that I mentioned, you know, Marco Smallman, Adrian, um, you know, Mike Hernandez, all those guys. I mean, dude, you go in there, I mean – or Bobby. Bobby's a perfect example. You know, I've been around for a lot of Bobby's fights. Bobby is 100% sure that when he goes in there, he's going to kill the guy. And if you don't have complete belief that you're going to beat the guy, I mean, you've got to believe that you're going to kill him before you go in there. You can be nervous, but you got to go in there knowing, like, I know what I can do and it doesn't matter what he's going to do. i got that in the back of my mind, but I'm going to try to get my game plan across. So, um, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, I definitely think as far as the Cormier fight goes, I, I go, I would have to say I'd go with Cormier, but again, you threw up the, the injury. I don't know how that's going to affect him. I don't know how the training camp will affect Johnson. So it'll be a fun one to watch. Right. Well, let's, let's, uh, Let's run through some some other fights, man. We'll uh we'll go ahead and end this. Um, I probably shouldn't even ask you this one because I already know what you're going to say. But <laughs> Miles Jury versus uh Mike De La Torre. 
who do you have in this fight and uh, your thoughts on this one? Even though uh, I don't think I know how, how you're going to go. <laughs> oh, I think Delatore is going to win. No, it's no secret. I think uh, I've known Miles. <laughs> I mean, I've known Miles since I was 16 years old. My, Miles and I have a very close relationship uh, outside of training. You know, he's been there for me in and outside of the gym. Um, but going into this fight, I think Miles has a whole new renewed reason for why he's fighting. I mean, he just had a kid. That's why he hasn't been around. A lot of people have asked why he hasn't fought. He just had a kid. Um, so I feel like he's going into this fight with a whole new renewed sense of, okay, I got something else I'm fighting for now. Um, also, he's back training with Jeremy Stevens and them out in San Diego. He's training at home too, but he's been he's done this camp out in San Diego with Jeremy Stevens. I know he had mentioned he was training with uh, – Andre Galval for Jiu-Jitsu out there, too. Uh, so, in my opinion, man, I feel like as far as this fight goes, I've watched some of De, De La Torre's fights. Um, I feel like at 145, I mean, Miles has fought. I mean, when he was on the season of The Ultimate Fighter with Brock Lesnar, I mean, he was fighting at 170. Now he's down at 145. He's a big 145, okay? So, you got a guy that Miles, uh, if you watch him fight, is very good with cutting his angles and countering something that he picked up from fighting with Dominic Cruz and all those guys over the lines before he left there. Um, so he's good when it comes to those kind of things. I think that he'll give – I think he can give De La Torre trouble on the feet. And on the ground, I mean, he was my trainer's first black belt. So he's no slouch on the ground. Plus he wrestled, he wrestled when he was in school. So in my opinion – I think that Miles has the skills to take this. I think it's a good start-back fight for him. Um, obviously, his only two losses are against Donald Cerrone and um, Charles Oliveira, which Cerrone, everybody knows the story with Cerrone, so I don't even need to go into it. And Oliveira was ranked you know, top 10 at 145 off his first fight. So he hasn't lost to anybody but you know, top-tier talent. And he's also beaten top-tier talent. Mind you, he's beaten Michael Johnson and stuff like that. So I think De La Torre is a good fight for him. Get his feet back wet with the UFC. As far as De La Torre goes, I mean, he's a tough guy. I'm not saying it's going to be a walkthrough by any means for Miles, but if I if I have to pick that fight, I definitely am going to go with Miles on that one just because I know what he puts into it. Yeah, well, what a surprise. I, I didn't think you were going to go. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miles Jury on this one, too, man. Uh, if, if you look at it, really, the only two losses that he has is to uh, Charles Oliveira and uh, uh, Donald Cerrone, who, I mean, those, those two guys are, are highly skilled, you know, high-ranked guys. So, um, and like you said, him taking the time off, it sounds like it was good for him. It's what he needed to recharge his battery, you know, refocus. And, you know, he might be seeing – Miles Jury uh, string some wins together and, and make a name for himself. He's got the he's basically got the, the potential. Yeah, he's got he's the headliner of the prelims, so that's, that's, to me that's a great spot. I mean, when, like when I said, uh, they I get ready to go over to things for it. Yeah, well, when they get ready to go over to the pay per view side of things, he's going to be the last fight people see, man. So he has the opportunity to make a name for himself. Uh, and let me let me just say this too. And let me get your thoughts on this. I need a, a UFC fight at the new Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit, either this year or next year. 
Agreed, and there's already been a lot of talk that they're supposed to be down here sometime, I heard, like November, December. So I don't know that that's true, but I've heard a lot of guys say that there's been talk about it. So I would like actually, see actually having a fight in November, actually having a fight in November, or having a UFC. I, I don't know that. I don't know that that's. I don't know that it's going to happen. But I've heard a couple guys from around the scene talk about that. That there's been rumors that it's supposed to be that there's supposed to be a fight around them. So I would definitely agree with that 100. percent That I would love to see a fight here in Michigan because I didn't get to go to the one when Rampage fought here. Um, I, I didn't even. Went, I didn't get to go to that one. The ones I've been to, I was there. I was actually there when Brock won the title in Vegas from Couture. And when Waddell fought Rashad in Atlanta, and I went when uh, uh, I went because Miles was supposed to fight Anthony Pettis, but when Dillashaw and Burrell fought in Chicago. So, you know, I've only been to it out of state. It would be cool to go to one in my home state. Plus, I hope with a lot of these names that I've mentioned, you know, uh, and uh, talking about Michigan MMA, not to get off subject, but uh, another another guy that's going to be a, some other guys you got to watch out for. You know, you got Josh Bruckner, you got uh, um, George Simos as well that are coming out of uh, coming out here too. So I'm hoping that by the time December comes, that a lot of these guys I've named, like a Jason Fisher, uh, Cody Stamen, you know, Bobby Nash. I know he'd love to get out, be on that card when it comes. Uh, I, I hope, I hope with a card that's coming here to Michigan, that a lot of those guys that I named, you know, uh, will get an opportunity to be fighting on it. Yeah, plus, like Kevin Lee, who's uh, who won his Kevin last Lee. fight in impressive fashion. He he's uh, he kind of threw it out there that he needed to fight in Detroit. And uh, Mike Perry, yeah, he lost his last fight, but you know he's when when he's fighting, he fights, he wins in impressive fashion. He's from Flint, so. Like you say, hopefully we get a bunch of local guys on that card. Um, let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to the card. Uh, Will Brooks versus Charles Oliveira. Who do you have fight? See, that's a hard fight to call because Charles Oliveira is a jiu-jitsu guy. Will Brooks is a wrestler. But I don't know that it's necessarily in Will Brooks' best interest to take Oliver to the ground. Um, exactly. I, I personally, I think that the UFC needs to stop letting. And this is it. Is this fight at fifty-five or forty-five? Uh, this is at fifty-five. Good, because I don't think that Oliver should be allowed to fight at forty-five anymore. Because even when he fought Miles, he was overweight on three separate skills too. Um, uh, has Oliver had any fights at 55 yet, or that or I'm not sure. I don't think I've seen him fight at 55 yet. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I would think that he would do better with the weight, seeing as he, uh, seeing as he hasn't been able to make weight at 45. Um, It'll, the other thing you have to take into account, um, you know, Will Brooks naturally fights at this weight class. So you have to see, is he going to be the naturally bigger um, guy come fight night uh, with Oliveira? So uh, if I got to pick one, I guess I'm going to 
I guess I'm going to go Will Brooks with this one, but that one really is a pick for me because at the same time, Oliveira can finish anybody submission-wise. All right. I, I'm going to go with Will Brooks, too. I'm looking it up now. This is his first official catchweight, I mean, uh, official uh, light, lightweight fight. His last one against uh, Ricardo Lamas ended up becoming a catchweight at 55 because he missed weight. So, um, yeah, it looks like UFC told him, hey, you're just going to have to go up to 55. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Will Brooks in this one. Like you said, he probably doesn't want to wrestle with the guy because um, I'm sitting there looking at his record now, and I see guillotine choke, guillotine choke, guillotine choke, guillotine choke. So <laughs> I don't think he really wants to go on the ground with this guy. <laughs> no, that guy, but that guy I, is definitely definitely got jujitsu for sure. <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm gonna go with real books in this one too. Um, well, let's we'll do two more, and then we'll, we'll call it a night. Uh, Chris Wyman versus Gegard Mousasi, and this is a, uh, a middleweight fight. Oh man, that's a hard one because Wyman's a killer, um, but it's a matter of where he's at mentally after the whole taking the beating like he did when he lost the title. Um, that being yeah. said, Gegard Musasi is no slouch by any means. I think he's been underrated, kind of flew under the radar uh, for a while. Um, I, you know, do you, I don't remember off the top of my head, do you know uh, what Gegard's last couple fights have been coming into this? Is he on a winning streak? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's been a minute since I've seen him fight. Um, yeah, me either. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, so, I don't know. I guess if I'm picking just off of that, um, I'm going to go Weidman in that one. Uh, I think, you know, Gegard's got the full – he's got the full tool set. So does Weidman. Um, uh, but I think Weidman, you know, barring, you know, how his training has gone, you know, I think he's coming back, obviously, with something to prove, you know what I mean, because he got, it obviously, when he lost the title, it didn't look too good, and, you know, he's had, uh, he got beat up pretty good. I think he's coming back wanting to show people that they wasn't a fluke as a champ. So, um, I guess I'll go Weidman on that one. All right. Um, I'm looking at it, yeah, Weidman's coming off of two losses. I forgot about that. He lost Luke Rockhold in the championship fight, and I forgot about him losing the, uh, Yoel Romero a knockout. Yep. Yep. So, um, I'm going to go with Gegard. I, like you say, I think he's really underrated. He's, he, he's almost like that five-tool guy that he doesn't do anything spectacularly, so no one really pays attention to him. He can, you know, he can go on the ground. He can stand and trade with you. I'm gonna go with Gegard in this one. Yeah, plus I was a big strike force guy. I like watching strike force guys, you know, come up and, and make a name for themselves. So you got uh Wyman, I'm gonna go with Gegard. We'll see how that turns out. And I think you already picked the you picked Cormier already and I I'm gonna go with uh Johnson in this one. So we'll throw one more in there just to even it out. Uh, Tiago Alvarez versus Patrick Cote in a welterweight fight. I think that could be a fun fight because both of them can knock you the hell out, plain and simple. Uh, 
I haven't seen Tiago Alves fight in a long time. I was a big fan of his when he had his first run. Cote uh, has looked better in recent years. So if I've got to pick one, I think that this fight, if it lives up to the potential, I think this one could be a barn burner. I mean, I think they can kick the shit out of each other. Uh, but if i got to pick one, I guess I'm going to go Cote just on the fact that I've seen him make more improvements over the last couple of years, considering I haven't seen Alves fight in a while. Um, looking at Alves' record, he's lost his last two fights. He lost to Condon and Jim Miller. Um, I'll, I'll just go with Patrick Cote anyway. Patrick Cote, he, he's one of those guys that, like, anytime he fights, I just automatically assume he's going to lose. But then he always makes me look bad. So I'm not gonna, I'm not falling for the mistake <laughs> this time. <laughs> he's I'm a pitching, gamer, man. That's the thing. He's a guy that he scraps with anybody. I mean, look at, uh, who, who was it that he went and fought? It was uh, it was Silva, matter of fact. When he stepped up and fought Anderson Silva, I mean, yeah, he didn't win. There, yeah, he didn't win, but he came in and scrapped with him and landed good shots. I mean, he's one of those guys that if you put him in a fight, he's always got a chance to win. That's one thing I've always liked about Patrick Cote. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Cote as well in this one, man. But uh, man. Um, appreciate you jumping on the show. Real quick, real quick, last question. Um, what was your favorite moment? What was your least favorite moment of WrestleMania weekend for you? Um, well, that's a hard one. Um, favorite moment of the whole weekend, I would say it would have to have to be the here, I'll do one of each. I'll do one for me personally and one as far as wrestling. Uh, I think my favorite part is the favorite moment as far as the wrestling goes, I think, was the Hardy Boys coming back at Mania because I really didn't think that they were going to be able to come back, uh, right, especially right. especially having fought the night before from Ring of Honor and being under contract with Ring of Honor. I didn't see that happening. Um, least favorite moment would have to have been least favorite moment, I think, as everybody would say, this should have been an easy one. It just sucks to see The Undertaker go. I mean, I think it's time for him to go, but, I mean, dude, The Undertaker has been a figment of, obviously, like you said, your childhood, my childhood. I mean, he's been around as long as I've been alive and before I was alive. So, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I respect what he did. I think it was the right thing to do. I think he should have lost because he's putting over the next generation, and I think it's good that you see veterans that will still do that. Um, but at the same time, dude, I don't – I nobody wanted to see The Undertaker lose, but that, I guess, would be the biggest downer as far as wrestling. As far as personally for me, I think the, the, the best thing for me personally, um, I think, would have been – just the as crazy as it sounds, I think uh the best part of it for me was just like because I was so apprehensive about going by myself, just the vibe of it and being able to like like kick it and jive with like so many different people. Like I mean, people from Scotland. What the hell do I have in common 
with somebody from Scotland, other than the fact that we're both there for wrestling, and able to just talk and chill and be cool. And it was really cool to meet uh, Jim Ross and talk to him and, uh, you know, let him know that I've been praying for him and his family, so that was cool. As far as the worst moment for me, shit, losing my debit card. Losing my damn debit card. Because the whole weekend, I'm the whole time at WrestleMania in the back of my head, I'm just like, shit, this sucks. Because I don't have my debit card, and I can't turn it off because it's hooked up to my Uber. So if they want to keep using it, somebody's got it, I'm fucked. Because I can't turn it off. So... You know, that that was the only damper. I wish that wouldn't happen because then I'd have been able to truly just relax and enjoy WrestleMania. But all in all, dude, I think it was a really positive experience for me. And it's a good experience for next time. Now I know what to do, what not to do. And you know what, dude? Like, learn. Obviously, it's not something I've, I've always had a problem with my whole life. It's been my organization. Clearly, I need to get that shit together. So <laughs> it, it's definitely it definitely... It definitely was a good experience, and like I said, God willing, I don't know where I'll be at in a year, but God willing, I want to go to WrestleMania again. I've already been talking to my mom about it since I've been back. I told her as soon as I, as soon as we left WrestleMania, that I was going to go next year, and I definitely plan on buying. I definitely plan on buying some great seats for next year, so definitely, definitely going to have that in the works. But thanks for having me on the show, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Before you before you go, man, uh, you got anything you want to promote, like your gym or anything you have going on, or you want to put your social media out there, go ahead and let people know where they can find you. Um, only thing as far as promoting, man, as far as I go, man, uh, one of the biggest things I see today, man, that I, I and I, not to be, you know, Dr. Phil or anything, dude, I think that would change the world in a lot of ways, man. I feel like we, I just would like to tell people, man, like, we all need to get to a place where we stop hating on everybody so much. Because I feel like everybody, like, if somebody's doing better than you, instead of saying, you know what, good for them, they're happy. Like, whether it's a relationship, money, a job, whatever. You know, dude, I feel like, if there's one thing that I can put out there, dude, I just think that we need to learn to start supporting each other as a as a nation. I feel like we're we're doing exactly what they want and they're fighting against each other. I think, man, I think if we could all learn to just you know support each other and do well for each other and you know love to see each other succeed, man, you'd be surprised at what you'd see. Um, as far as uh, things I want to promote. Um, you talked about the Michigan MMA scene. Uh, like I said, I named a lot of big names. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the gyms I train at. I want to give a shout-out to Mass Gym. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Big Don Richard and everybody down there at Fuse MMA. I want to give a shout-out to my homie, Miles Dury, about to do work this weekend. Um, and as far as getting in contact with me, uh uh, my name is Kyle Collison on Facebook, K-Y-L-E-C-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. Uh, if you want to add me, hit me up. I'm open book. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, I'm at, at Detroit Knockout, at Detroit, N-O-K-O-U-T. Um, the words are spaced out on, uh, uh, the, it's all one on Twitter and, uh, I believe it's, I believe it's all one on Instagram. So that's where I'm at, man. Thanks for having me. Alright, thank you man, I appreciate you man I'll uh, yeah, we'll definitely link up sometime soon man Definitely sir man, like I said Them fights that they got, you got coming up at the end of the month Man, let me know Alright, 
Alright, man. Appreciate you, man. Cool. I want to thank Kyle for joining me on the show. You know, breaking down his experience down at WrestleMania 33. Um, man, I, like I said, I, I was planning on going down there for WrestleMania this year. You know, things didn't quite work out. You know, that's just how life is, you know. But I, I'm kind of disappointed because I missed my boy Undertaker's last match. I had a feeling that this might have been his last WrestleMania. That's why I really wanted to go kind of disappointed but all in all i thought it was a very good weekend nxt show was damn good wrestlemania was really good monday night raw and, and uh smackdown were great great weekend for 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 wwe so big props to them you know i, I i'm kind of critical of them at times man but i gotta give them credit when they do stuff right man they, they got it right this weekend and once again thank you kyle for joining me and talking about to your wrestlemania weekend and uh, breaking down the UFC 210 card with uh, Daniel Cormier and Anthony Rumble Johnson. That's the headliners. Make sure y'all check that out this weekend. I will definitely be checking it out somewhere, probably in a bar. You know, they have alcohol there. That's, that's always a good thing. <laughs> so let me go ahead and get up out of here, people. Thank you all for listening to the show. Once again, thank you, Kyle, for joining me. He'll be back on a future episode uh before we get out of here make sure you guys follow like subscribe share this episode on whatever medium you listen to the show whether it's itunes whether it's stitcher google play soundcloud or whatever podcast app you use uh subscribe to the show so that you'll get an automatic uh notification when there's a new episode and share it with other people man and once again let me hear what your thoughts are about Wrestlemania 33 weekend from the Hall of Fame to NXT actual Wrestlemania show and Smackdown and um, the Monday Night Raw afterwards I had to play my boy Shinsuke Nakamura's music at the beginning of the show man one of my favorite wrestlers so that was a big moment for me but let me know what your favorite moments were what was your favorite moments what were your least favorite moments um Days that you thought they should have done differently. What was your thoughts on Roman Reigns? Just share your thoughts, people. And you can do that on my social media. You can do that on Twitter at Devin the 63. That's D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E 6-3. You can hit me up on the gram, Instagram, that is, at all stake no sizzles. One word. And you can hit me up on Facebook at All Stake No Sizzle Podcast. Just type it into your space bar. I mean, not space, but your search bar and it'll pop right up. And once again, people, thank you all for listening. Shoot me an email, too. Forgot about that. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate all of you, all of my fans, everybody that listens to the show every week. Honestly, I I, I don't know if I say this enough, but I I thank each and every one of you that, that listen to the show. Uh, it's just a little old podcast from a, you know, just a little old boy from Detroit, Michigan, man. And I appreciate each and every one of you. So until next time, peace. Hey, it's me again. Uh, 
Remember I was telling you about how I like to sneak little stuff at the end of the episode every now and again? Well, tell you what. If you follow the All Steak No Sizzle Facebook page, and if you subscribe to All Steak No Sizzle on SoundCloud, and you shoot me an email at asnspodcast at gmail.com, I will give you a three-month free subscription to the WWE Network. Now, let me just let you all know right now, I am this is no way an endorsement of WWE. I'm not being paid by WWE and I'm not this is not an advertisement for the WWE network, but you know, since this is a WrestleMania re- review show, I just felt that hey, maybe you want to go back and watch WrestleMania, but maybe you don't have the network right now. So, like I said, if you follow the All Stake No Sizzle Facebook page, if you subscribe to all Stake No Sizzle Podcast on SoundCloud. And you shoot me an email at asnspodcast at gmail.com. I will send you a three-month free subscription for the WWE Network. And I don't know if you guys know that you get one month free of the WWE Network. So if you play your cards right, sign up for the one free month. Mm-hmm, there you go. That's one month. And then use the gift card. For three free months of the WWE Network, you get yourself four months free of the WWE Network, man. That's that's what's up. So, like I said, follow the All Stake No Sizzle Facebook page. Subscribe and follow the SoundCloud page. And shoot me an email at asnspodcast at gmail.com. And you'll get... Three, and if you play your cards right, four free months of the WWE Network. So get on that. Thank you all. Peace.